All right, everybody. Welcome back to Beef Sticks Podcast. This is our very special episode four, recorded to you live from Princeton, Minnesota. I'm in the house with the strategy. What up, everybody? And we got Bubba Waterfield on the line from Redwood Falls. I'm still here in the Redwood Falls, the place it was born, and the place we're raising. Oh, man, we got so much to talk about tonight with uh, WrestleMania week being passed and over. Man, what a crazy week. So much, and so much watching for us, watching and re-watching and watching a match a third time because you weren't paying attention the first two, and then sleeping through part of Raw and SmackDown and having to rewatch all of that. It's been a hell of a week. It's it's just been insane. I've been spending so much time just watching wrestling. Next year, next year they need to give us press passes. Like a chore. What? Oh, next year we'll get them. It started feeling like a chore for a while, but then halfway through again, it started feeling nice and laid back again, and I was enjoying it. So I love it. It comes full circle, definitely. Oh boy. So, uh, what are you drinking on tonight, Mister Waterfield? Well, I tell you what, today I got myself a beer from just across the border. It's a Leinenkugels. Yes, that's how it's pronounced, a Leinenkugels. I got the Canoe Paddler. It's a coast-style beer, very nice, very crisp. Uh, it, it's woken me up today. I was kind of wore out. I've worked all day. I've been doing so much. This thing kind of gave me a little sharp kick. It's not a heavy beer, but it gives you a little kick. Uh, Lining Kugel, six generations, family brewing, and that's from Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. How about over there? What does the strategy and the pasty put in their gullet today? Today we are drinking a sweet child of vine. It's an IPA from Fulton Brewery in Minneapolis. You know, we've drank, we've had nothing but IPAs on the show thus far, so I figured why not just keep that tradition going one more week. It's it's a very delicious beer and and I love it. Delicious. So you know the 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 uh, everybody knows the big happening this week was WrestleMania 33, uh, the biggest events in sports entertainment worldwide. There's no doubt about it. No matter how you feel about it, the largest event. Number 33 had a lot. Of stuff to talk about. I think it, it created a lot of memories. Uh, some disappointments probably. They, they kind of ran the gambit. It was another really long WrestleMania. Dare I say longer than it should have been. But I think they structured the matches well enough to where at the end you weren't just worn out and, and done. Where, like you were last year. I think they actually learned from last year. They spaced things out all right. They strategically put certain matches in certain spots. And I think it worked out. Yeah, no, I, I liked it. Um, They kind of flopped the, the whole lineup of WrestleMania around on us again at the last minute, I felt. Um, yeah, it was very confusing that they were doing like what we thought were like big acts matches like right away in the beginning. Yeah, it was. I I didn't. I, I thought it was very weird to see AJ Styles and Shane McMahon up first on the main show. You know what? I I agree. I mean that that threw me back. Upon uh, rewatching, 
And especially after, like, uh, I watched the the first time around. I'm, I'm going to be honest with, with listeners. I was working all day. I didn't even get to watch the pre-show the first time around. So I only watched the pre-show the second time around. Um, I think putting AJ Styles and Shane McMahon on first was their way of not disappointing folks who expected Shane to jump off of, say, that giant ring that was above it or to do something wild and wacky. I think they, they put it out there. They got it over with right away. It was an amazing match. I think it was better than anybody expected. And I, I think that was another strategic placement. On paper, it seemed odd. But I, I feel like they knew how the match was going to go. They knew what was following. And I think there I think there was a little method to their madness. It was, it was definitely a very... Um... It was a good match, especially on Shane's part. Like, I, I wasn't expecting that out of him. I was expecting him to come out, throw a few awkward punches, do the big high spot, and the match to kind of, you know, just be over. But for that match to actually, you know, go into AJ's wheelhouse, and it was it was a fun match to watch. Well, let me say, without further ado, since we're getting into WrestleMania, let's start down the list. Let's touch on the pre-show. Um, cause there's probably some listeners out there who skipped the pre-show completely. And that's, that's understandable. You have you some viewers here. Or some, hour... You have some co-hosts here who have skipped the pre-show as well. Not by choice, but by the fact I didn't start it on time and then I hit the now and then I was like, shit, maybe I should start it over. And then I missed the battle Royal. Cause apparently that was over really fast. Well, by choice, I went back and watched it. So I'll give a quick little summary. Um, pipe in. If you want to uh, um, opine on something I've touched on. So first up, we had Neville and Austin Aries for the Cruiserweight title, which we had already heard was going to be on the pre-show. Um, this match uh, definitely was main was main pay-per-view quality. It isn't the best match these two could put on by no means, but it was it was one of the better matches, I'd even say, of the night. And I almost think that they held back on purpose as to not overshadow the main show, which either was told to them from Vince or was their own call. I'm not sure. My guess would be somebody in the office has told them, hey, don't put on an NXT-style match. Hold back just a bit. It was good. Neville looked strong the whole time, which surprised me. He took everything that AA could give him. And, and in the end, you know, I think it was an underrated match. I think it was a great way to start. The match, and, and one thing I liked, and, and this goes, you're going to hear me say this throughout the whole event, storytelling, storytelling. The oh, yeah. end happened when Neville went after Austin Aries' eye. And remember, the reason Austin Aries has been out for so long and was on commentator was because he had an orbital socket fracture. So him working the eye and getting the win, I think was just great storytelling. They're, they're planning things. They're, they're planting seeds. They're telling stories. They're continuing to nurture what they've already started. They're, they're adding squares into this quilt that is the WWE universe, I think. Um, what are you guys' thoughts? Anything? Nothing? I did catch a Obviously little bit of the match. And, well, I caught a little bit of it um, at the very ending of it. It was, it was fast-paced from what I saw. And, and those two together, it's got to be magic. Um, it can't be the only time we see it. So, of course, you know, for Neville to win, not a big heartbreak. No, not at all. Um, Austin Aries is good at chasing, you know. Oh, yeah. And they've got they've got bigger and better things to come. 
Next, we did have the Andre the Giant. Even by Battle Royal standards, I'm not giving this much. They kind of gave you the normal stuff and didn't give you anything extra. Um, they did bring in uh, Ron Gronkowski from the New England Patriots. He did a run-in to help Mojo rally against, um, 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 oh, my gosh, oh the Middle Easterner. Why can't I think of his name? Jinder Mahal. Mahal, who, by the way, had yeah. no rights being in the bottom three. I mean, there's no reason for Jinder Mahal to be there other than I don't I don't know if he was just the only well, one comfortable. In Mojo Rawley didn't Ron belong Kowski. there either. Well, that that's debatable. I agree with you. I 100% agree with you there, but I suppose that's debatable. Um, it, it didn't really do anything for me. The one thing that sticks out, and to anybody who did watch the pre-show, when Gronkowski jumps the barricade at first, there's this one female security guard that just rushes him. And almost, it, it probably, if he wasn't an NFL player, she probably would have tackled him. Like, he <laughs> held his own, but she hit him hard. Like, I'm, I'm wondering to myself, did nobody tell her that this was going to happen? Like, was she not in on this? Because she, go back and just watch the clip. This woman jumps at him quick as shit and starts pulling him back before he can see some WWE people come out and kind of get in between her and him and kind of, then they let him get to the ring. You know, they <laughs> pretend to hold him back while he gets to the ring. But this security guard, she was doing her job. And if if she did know and she was just playing, she got a future in acting, I tell you what. Right, right. <laughs> uh, Mojo Rowley won. Could not believe Mojo, Mojo Rowley won. He was the first superstar to be put in the match. Out yeah, of both I shows. definitely didn't see it. Um, I, I went, I, I put my money on Braun as, as all of our listeners who listen to every one of our shows each and every week. No, I said, I thought Braun Strowman was going to win. I believe you said big show. Yeah. Yep. And I think they did a good job of having those two eliminated early and they had everybody working on taking those two out. And I think that was good because then you didn't have that looming over the whole time, you know, you got the two big guys, you got the two favorites out. I give them again, good storytelling, even oh, yeah. for a shitty battle Royal, at least that right there was good storytelling. <laughs> yeah. By far uh, better Gronkowski, than if it would have came down to Mojo Rowley and the big show or Mojo Rowley and Braun Strowman. Cause you, you, that wouldn't have been believable. I would have, I would have much more colorful words to say if it had come down to that. And then Mojo had won. Yeah. So moving on to the third one, Dean Ambrose versus Baron Corbin in the Intercontinental title match. Now, the Intercontinental title at this point means shit to the WWE. That's my opinion. Yeah, that's kind of what I got from it, too. Yeah, why was it on the pre-show? That that really made me mad. Yeah, we had two title matches on the pre-show. Ridiculous. And this match, this match would be okay for a SmackDown match. I mean, okay. Um... Ambrose did nothing for me. It was boring at the start and the finish. It did get good towards the end. I will say that. I'm going to be honest. I'm not. I'm still not sold on Baron Corbin. I know you like him. I'm still not sold on Baron Corbin. He impressed me a hell of a lot more than Dean Ambrose did, though, in this match. That's yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, honestly, if, if I'm being straight up with you, I, I honestly haven't cared so little about two people. Since I dumped these two sisters I was dating at the same time for their grandmother who could take her teeth out 
and give you the best gum job that you ever fucking had. That's the last time I cared so little about two individuals. Wow. And I don't share that story with everybody. You got to come here to Beef Sticks to hear about these things. But no, I didn't. I didn't give a shit. I didn't True care facts. who won. I didn't care what happened. I didn't care about the title. I left the pre-show not giving a shit about the IC title. I cared about the cruiserweight title. I didn't give a shit about the IC title. Do we got any more thoughts before we get into the 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 mania? Not really, other than the fact that on SmackDown, it seems like their rivalry is just continuing between Corbin and Ambrose. Yeah, which is unnecessary. It is. They've been they've been doing this for a long time. At least you know, since since Elimination Chamber, maybe before. They need to, they need to take Ambrose out, leave him off TV for three months, repackage him, and bring him back because he's just he's damaged at this point. He's damaged. Yeah, maybe he'll, have, maybe he'll be one that gets traded in the in the superstar shakeup this coming week. That might help because I'm a John Moxley fan. I'm a Dean Ambrose fan, and I at this point I care about as much of him as I do for a for a, a, a Elias Sampson, Ziggler, or a, or you know any of them. Elias Sampson. Then we open Wrestle Frickin' Mania, the ultimate thrill ride. Thrills and chills. And and a few beer spills, and I apologize for that. I felt horrible. <laughs> uh, Shane McMahon versus AJ Styles. We started to talk about it, but I mean, holy shit. I don't think anybody's seen this match coming. We all seen AJ Shane coming. I don't think we've seen the match that happened in the ring coming. Right. For sure. I, I was very impressed. It was um, a high flyer. Definitely, definitely a magical match to watch for Shane. Just to see, just to see him do things that don't involve jumping off of a 40 foot structure and trying to kill himself. Um, yeah. The fact that I left that match not even caring or I even love thinking the, about like what he could have jumped off of. I didn't give a shit that he did. Right. I didn't. I love the trash can spot, and I love the fact that the ref got knocked out, and they both saw that and took it to their advantage. That hasn't been, I don't think that's been played out that beautifully in a long, long time. But the trash can spot where AJ set it up, and then went to do it, and Shane hit him with the trash can, and then did the same thing, that was epic. That was beautifully played. And how about this, because you and I have talked about this privately, but we've also brought this up on Beef Six. Dude, dude, don't talk about what we do in my bedroom on the show. Man. Shane's punches look so weak normally. Shane looked like he came in there and he was punching the shit out of AJ. He looked like AJ just gave him the go-ahead to beat the fuck out of him because those punches were coming in hard. Right. And they usually look like they're barely tapping. Like somebody worked with him on his punches because that's usually... I mean... I think the fact that he didn't jump off something crazy actually made this match more memorable. I, I'm going to say that. I think so. Yeah, yeah, no, because it's going to stand out as one of Shane's matches where he didn't do that, you know? And, the and one it was big still a solid match. Do... Oh, yeah, this, I mean, this was a better match than a lot of the other matches on the card. A better wrestling match than some of the matches on the card. You know, and and, and the fact that he, he didn't bust out anything big, but... He, he busted out a shooting star press. I did not see Shane. 
I did not think Shane was going to bust out a shooting star press by no means. No, I didn't think so. That was that was nice to see. Yeah, and another no. uh, another high spot that I that I actually really was impressed with. Um, AJ went for his signature springboard 450 splash, and when he landed, Shane caught him in a triangle choke with his legs. And they they had to have practiced that spot over and over again because it went a little hiccup, but I mean as much of a hiccup as you'd expect from a seasoned veteran. I mean, I have no quarrels about how that went off. I loved it. It was beautiful. At first, I thought they were actually going to go with the whole, you know, you're talking about the uh, the ref going down and the garbage cans. I thought they were going to go with the ref doesn't see the heel, uses the weapon, but then he wakes up as soon as the face is using the weapon, which mm-hmm. I almost would have been okay with, you know. But they didn't do that, and that was actually really cool. It that was, was cool that they didn't. The ref actually stayed down for an extended duration of time. People had to come take the ref out of the ring. That was nice. Yeah. I was kind of thinking maybe we're going to see somebody run in as a special guest, but that didn't. I was waiting for that. So that that still comes down to it, and and I'm sorry because I'm repeating myself, but I'm probably going to say it every match. That came down to the storytelling. You thought that they were going to do the the whole ref sees the face with the garbage can, and then he's disqualified, and AJ wins. They didn't do that. They played it well. I like the fact that they made AJ, or they made Shane face AJ at his own game. Yeah. Nobody expected that. I mean, we said multiple times, when are they going to change this into a street fight or a no DQ match or a no holds barred match? We said that over and over, and they never did it. Shane played AJ's game, and he didn't quite beat him at it, but damn if he didn't fucking stand up to him, and he got oh, yeah. his appreciation as the right. handshake showed. Absolutely. Yeah, and there's definitely respect now, as on SmackDown, AJ Styles said, this is the house that AJ Styles built. I'm not going anywhere in this superstar shakeup. Right, and the fact that AJ kicked out of a coast-to-coast from Shane McMahon, I mean, that they're making AJ look strong. I mean, they are definitely making AJ look strong. They got faith in him because they had him. They had him kick out of a coast oh, yeah. to coast from Shane. And another thing I was impressed from Shane is he at one point he did a float over DDT move. And for those of you listening that don't know what a float over is, basically he hops over AJ's back and spins around to his front and performs a DDT all in one motion without stopping. And they hit that dead on. I mean, it was it was perfect. So I loved, I mean, that match was probably my sleeper match. I, I ain't going to say it's the best match of the night, but it probably surprised me the most out of any matches, how good it was compared to what I thought it was going to be. And it I thought it was a really good, good open for the whole show. Like I said, it I think they strategically the put it there. Mm-hmm. Strata, you got anything on, on, on AJ Shane McMahon? Uh, for the most part, it was the first match that I watched in a long time, but, uh, I gotta That's say, beautiful. I was really surprised at, uh, at really at how, like, Shane McMahon, McMahon could really, like, he, he, he wasn't just the McMahon, he was actually putting in some effort, it looked like he was actually trying, trying to go in there and put down with, uh, was it AJ Styles, that his name? Yeah. So it actually seemed yeah, like he was actually point. trying, I mean... It seemed like he was com- just coming from the gym, kind of. He was in, like, basketball, you know, he's like his gym shorts or those pull-away pants or whatever and some sneakers, but either way, yep. he's, he's still, you know, he was putting in with the best, so I I thought it was a pretty good match. 
That's actually a really good point. Yeah, if, if you didn't know who Shane McMahon was and you weren't listening to the commentary to hear the backstory, you'd go in there thinking that this was just two full-time wrestlers having a match. Yeah, that's actually a good perspective, Strata. I, I like that. Thank you. Uh, U.S. title match, Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho. Uh, first thing I have to say, the light-up scarf. Where can right. I buy one? Right. <laughs> Where can I buy a light-up scarf? <laughs> I was drinking it in, man. <laughs> um, I was surprised to hear that this is their only their second match together. I mean, wow! And, and they got such chemi- chemistry together. I, I I can't believe that this is only the second time these two have faced off as, as well as they work. I, I was underwhelmed in this match, and I think that's more because the buildup was the most buildup we had and the best buildup going into Mania. Yeah. Yeah. And I was underwhelmed with this match. I expected more. Yeah. Still I, I solid. Agree. Oh, yeah. It was, it was a good match. It was just, I don't know, it could have been a lot more. It should have been a lot more for the story that went into it. There should have been more more fire behind it. Yeah, they, they should have performed better than they did. They should have pulled out more than they pulled out. Obviously, Jericho's sticking around for a little while longer, but we all do know he's still leaving. So maybe they're saving their best for last, and maybe they're going to blow us away with their last uh, uh, hurrah or something. Um, I liked it. I, I mean, I, I, I sit here sounding sounding like, you know, a, a dick, but it, it wasn't what it should have been, but I enjoyed it. I will say the uh, pop-up powerbomb into the code breaker was nice, but it led to my favorite part of the match, which is a classic Kevin Owens I just, like, as soon as he did it, I just, I, I, Kevin Steen, chill, ran up my spine. Um, he reaches out, and he puts one fingertip on the rope for the rope break mm, yep. of the pin. That was epic. Oh, my gosh, that's how you do <laughs> heel heat, baby! Mm-hmm. That is Kevin Owens. That is Kevin Steen. That is, that is beautiful. I mean, that was beautiful. Just that... That fingertip. So few wrestlers know how to make a fingertip elucid so much emotion into a viewer. <laughs> Hulk Hogan could do it. Macho Man Randy Savage could do it. Kevin Owens can do it. Um, what do you guys have to say about this one? You know, I mean, uh, Kevin Owens won. He did the apron bomb. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a cut and dry match. It's it's kind of the match. It's I wouldn't say it was a raw match, but I think it was a typical pay per view match. I wouldn't call it a WrestleMania match. Yeah, no. Um, all in all, I liked it. I've been looking forward to this match for a long time. I just think it was. I don't know. It's one of the lesser memorable matches on the Mania card, as an afterthought. Yeah, <laughs> and that kind of it makes you, me sad inside. Well, you and I have been hyping this up as our our oh, most. Yeah look forward to match this whole time so yeah I'm, I'm i'm exactly there with you dude i'm in the same boat it's it was it was underwhelming it was a good solid match and if this would have been a match where like two mondays before wrestlemania they had just started the feud mm-hmm. and then they went into wrestlemania to do it yeah. i probably would have said wow this was a really good match i'm impressed but the but fact they that they've built the it up down. for so long right and put so much emotion. Exactly. They should have tore the roof off of the building that didn't have a roof. <laughs> they should have built a roof and ripped it off. Well, that's that. Well, the <laughs> architect didn't plan that. So maybe they should talk to Seth Rollins 
because he didn't plan on getting a roof built. Um, the next thing we had was the Raw Women's title, which um, I think, in, in my opinion, as far as what I expected and what I got, was right down the middle. Uh, it was very good. Um, going into it, I had Nia Jax picked as, as the winner. Um, adding elimination style made the fa- made it in favor of her less. Mm-hmm. I admitted that, but I still yep. stuck with it. Everybody I was watching with, I said, I'm sticking with Nia. And I think they, they did it right. They made Nia Jax look strong, even though she was the first eliminated, because they had all three other women, Bailey, Sasha, and Charlotte, all teamed up on her. They all beat her up. They busted out a triple power bomb that looked pretty damn cool and was reminiscent of the shield. And all three of her climbed on top of her to get the pin. So yeah. I think she left looking just as strong as she came in. Yep. And it, I liked I liked watching the, the three three on one pin too. That was kind of fun. And it was a WrestleMania it, moment, you know. That'll go down in the yeah. annals of history. Annals. I gotta say that <laughs> Nia Jax, uh, you know, I just don't understand her her wardrobe choice. Like she's pleather, not like most girls. All around pleather, like don't. I mean, do not get me wrong. She's my type of lady. And ladies but, and gentlemen, here yeah. understand. Strategy here has not really watched wrestling since I moved down south. Yeah. He used to watch it with me all the time, but I, I think have, it takes me to get him to watch it. Yeah, it's been years since I've watched any type of wrestling. But he did watch WrestleMania from start to finish and was seemingly captivated by it yes. a lot of the time. Did you um, just, I, ha- I have a lot of a lot of curiosities and questions, obviously, but my main it's just in this specifically, I just. I just don't understand why she went with like the Catwoman pleather kind of suit going on there. It's I like, agree with them. They could have went with a much better outfit for Nia Jax from the start. She doesn't, you know, even a two piece. Does it have to be one big one piece? Like, does it have to be, you know, like give her the well, latex. As bottoms. soon as as soon as you do that, you get the asshole guys that start fat shaming and shit. Even though she ain't fat by no means, right? And I mean, you open up a whole can of worms with that. I, I hear what you're saying. I just don't know. I I couldn't come up, I guess, with a better choice. You know, you do the t-shirt and shorts. People are gonna shit on her like they did with Kevin Owens at first. You know, actually, if we we kind of uh, the group of friends I was sitting there. Uh, watching it with, we got into this conversation, not necessarily about this. I don't remember exactly what it was, but you know, it, it kind of makes you wonder. Nobody's ever asking why, why men come to the ring in a certain, you know, this attire or this was this or that was that, you know, I, I'm, I'm of the thing. Let a woman come down, whatever she wants to do and let her fucking perform in the ring. Mm-hmm. If she wants to come down in a fucking snuggy and footy pajamas, and wrestle the shit out of it, let her do it. She wants to come down in a fucking bikini and a thong and wrestle the shit out of someone, let her do it. As long as she's performing in the ring, I don't give a fuck what's on her body. Any more than I give a shit what Seth Rollins is wearing or Triple H is wearing or, you know. But I, yeah. I hear what you're saying, Strat. I, I hear you. At the same time, though, it's very I, was, I was also very curious about Samoa Joe's outfit. Like, why does he have shorts and those shorts over it? Like, it's like he's wearing shorts, and then he's wearing parachute short pants over it. It's like, does he have to, like, double up? You know, it's like, 
I have I have many entire and other questions. This was just the first one that came up, so I'm not trying to like fat shame or anything. I, I, I want to make sure, I want to make that clear because I totally I like, hear you. I'm cool with that. I was just uh, yeah, it was just the first one that came up. So, and you know what you you talking about about that and you t- giving your story about how you haven't watched wrestling forever and you you watched it the other night, you know, and you're and you're on our podcast today. Thank you very much. We appreciate that so much. Maybe someday you guys would be nice enough to put me on SOS. Probably, Probably not. not. I know, but whatever. <laughs> but, no, that, that that definitely reminds me. I ended up getting uh, on our Beef Sticks Facebook page. We got a PM from uh, uh, a listener who's been listening, I think, um, probably from episode one. Uh, Jesse Zasky, also known as Yessi. Uh, a great man. A great human being. I've known him for a long time. Uh, he mentioned that, you know, he he had heard everything going on. He had heard the buildup. He had heard what was happening. And he actually went out and bought the network just for WrestleMania. And I just have to say, Jesse, thank you very much for listening to our podcast. We appreciate your support. We see you on the Facebook page. We hear what you have to say. Anytime you want to come on the show and give your opinion, buddy, or just talk about some old memories and bring something up, you're more than welcome. It's things like this, which is why we're doing this podcast. We're not getting paid for it. We just love, we love how it brings everyone together. Right. Hey, and now we're bringing people together on multiple platforms, man. We're on Stitcher Radio. (laughs) We're on Google Play Music. And this just in today, we are on iTunes. There you go, Apple users. You can get us to your convenience. Find us wherever you want to, wherever you can. Listen to our show. Cheap plug. Also due to Uh, iTunes. I'm sorry. Also due to iTunes, we will also be distributed to five or six other smaller subsidiaries. So that's even more exposure, more reach. For the beef sticks and, and stone out Sundays and just cloud style broadcasting in general, to to extend to and looking forward to the future, man. This is just the beginning and it's already golden. You know what? I, I, I apologize for taking us off of this, but yeah, it, all of you folks that are listening to us, to all the support you've given us, you're the only reason we're growing as much as we are. This is growing way faster than we ever expected, way faster than we were ready for, and we're ready to tackle it head on. We're loving it. We're taken every day by storm. This is the best. I mean, this is this is more than we could ever ask for, and it's because of all of you listeners. It has nothing to do with us. We're ama- we've been amazing for years. Right, right. It's only because of y'all. We've been doing this in our living rooms for the past six years without a microphone. <laughs> and without clothes. <laughs> Who needs them? So, back to the women's title match. <laughs> and clothes, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, I gotta bring up Charlotte nailed a beautiful corkscrew moonsault from the top turnbuckle to the floor, taking out both Sasha and Bailey. Um, I don't remember if this is the first time we've seen a corkscrew moonsault from Charlotte, but I'm gonna go and say that it is. It's the first one I remember, and I'd like to think that I'd remember that. So that was really that was really impressive. I liked Sa- uh, I liked Charlotte taking the turnbuckle pad off. We don't see that a lot nowadays, and they actually brought it into a women's match. Right, right. And uh, that was nice. It was a very flair thing to do. 
It's a very flair thing to do. Yes, exactly. It is a very flair thing to do. I don't know if she wore it at WrestleMania, but she wore it on Raw. Did you see her robe or her outfit says second nature? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's her Titan. That's her Titantron, dude. Yeah. That's her Titantron. Yeah, definitely. I, I love it. I love it. You know, and, and so they set that up beautifully. She took the, the turnbuckle pad off. <clears throat> A little bit later, she gets rolled up by Sasha. Sasha kicks her. Uh, um, I'm sorry. She gets rolled up by Sasha. She kicks Sasha off, and Sasha busts her head into the exposed turnbuckle. I got to admit, I was waiting for some blood. I was waiting for some color. They didn't give it to us. No reason a women's match can't have it. But they didn't have blood in this whole uh, WrestleMania, and I'll get to that a little bit later on, too, and, and bitch about that. But I this would have been, you know what, even if they once. didn't. Well, uh, what was it? Joe got a rug burn over his eye or something like that, but it wasn't really blood. It looked like a rug burn. Mm. Uh, Kevin Owens. Was it Kevin Owens? Kevin Owens. Yeah. He got he got like a rug burn over his eye. I, I I don't call that blood, but you know that that was that was what it was. Um, I love the fact Bailey got the win. She hit a back suplex, a back superplex off the top of the ropes, followed up by a macho man inspired elbow, which she's done before. You know, uh, I think going out of this match, I think all the women were actually elevated in this match. I think every one of them, including Nia, who was the first out, I think every woman in this match left WrestleMania um, in a higher position than she was, looking stronger than she was, adding oh, yeah. to her character. I, I think so. Charlotte played the heel perfect, and I'm not the biggest Charlotte fan. I know I'm outnumbered out there, but I'm not the biggest Charlotte fan. I like her, I'm not the biggest Charlotte fan, but she played the heel perfectly. Bailey owned, just owned the conquering hero role. I mean, you can't help but want to cheer for her. You, you can't, especially after something like this. You just can't help but want to cheer for her. For about five more years until we re- all realize she's just female John Cena. <sighs> the people I, were, people I was watching this with, I kept bringing that up too, and she's not. She's been <laughs> in the indies for how many years? She is not. She's female. She's not. She's an indie. She's an indie wrestler like Seth Rollins or Samoa Joe or Kevin Owens, who came in and is getting a chance to show her her skill on on a larger platform. And she she the seven be and eight year old girls. By no means. You know what? Hey, who's who's the ones chanting? Hey, hey, Bailey. Ooh, ah, I wanna know. Will you be my girl? It's That's not the, the Europeans. It's it's not the kids. No, the it Europeans. happened. It happened in it happened in Florida, and it it happened on Raw. It happened on WrestleMania. Did you not it hear them say that a huge wrestled. portion of the crowd this year was European? It happens every time she wrestles in any in any state anywhere. I know. But it's I mean, the Americans the, that do the "Hey, we want a ballet" chant. <laughs> They're the ones that started it, but everybody's everybody's taken it on ever since then. Um, if I do have a complaint about this one, is I kept expecting and wanted a Sasha Hill turn, right? And we we didn't get that. I was nope, hoping for yet. it. It would have been the I perfect. I think they're spot. still building to it because they're still playing it off like they're best friends. It didn't just go to a null zone. It, well, it looks like she's getting ready to 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 turn heel. I mean, on. 
on Raw, it looked like she was. I mean, they're they're planting the seeds, so it's still coming. I but think I what's going to happen. I think that's what's what's going to happen is they're going to give her a chance. She's going to try to fight uh, Bailey straight up and without cheating and everything, and it's not going to work. So she's going to get a rematch somehow, not through Bailey saying, "Yeah, you can have another rematch," but she'll get her rematch somehow, and then she'll cheat to win. And I think that'll be the start of the heel turn. Right. Yeah. Now no, I, probably I really the like... biggest pop of the night, the biggest surprise of the night. What? I really like this match. Okay. I I do feel um, like it should have been um swapped out with SmackDown's women's match because that match did not deserve to go on almost last. But we'll get into that later. Oh, trust me, we're gonna get into that match. <laughs> So on to the biggest pop of the night, the biggest surprise of the night, and some would say the biggest feel-good moment of the night, the Raw Tag Title Ladder Match. Now, the contestants were Enzo and Cass versus Sheamus and Cesaro versus the Good Brothers versus Pasty. The Hardy Boys. Team Extreme! Oh, man, I was ex- I thought we were going to talk about how the match was about to start and the New Day came out and they're like, we were just told talk that it, another team has been added into the match and, and they kind of, I like how they did that because at yeah. first you kind of want to think it's going to be the New Day. Right. Kind of, kind of. Right? If the whole crowd wasn't already chanting delete. Well, yes, yes. I yeah. know, but, but I'm saying just, just that's and kind to be of the honest, way it was built in up. hindsight. In hindsight, hearing the rumors and then hearing that the match was switched to a ladder match, we should have just fucking guessed. We should have known. Yeah. It should have been on the podcast. Like, this is where they're coming back instead of just speculation. I I well, actually, they, they caught me off were... guard with that one. It made me very happy to be caught off guard. They technically were still contracted the Ring of Honor. But let's not forget, as we as we talked about in our last podcast, WWE and Ring of Honor have been talking about making some business deals. One would have to assume that WWE paid a little bit of licensing money from Ring of Honor or just straight up bought out the Hardys contract from Ring of Honor. Because you know what? If the Hardys were going to go there next month, Ring of Honor is going to lose them anyways. Right. Why not get some money out of WWE for losing them a month early? Right, right. Made even more money than they would have made so, on them for that month. Oh, oh yeah, Dev, yeah, yeah. WWE paid them more money to get the Hardys than they were gonna make from pay per views and house shows with the Hardys, definitely. So, you know, you had that going was was contractually they couldn't leave without Ring of Honor's permission. So, you got to give WWE credit for that one, also. You know. That was a smart move. I don't think the Hardys are bringing in any extra money to WWE. Um, they might bring in a few extra subscribers to the network, but probably not a ton. But uh, they gave the fans what we wanted. We wanted this. We didn't want oh, Team yeah. Extreme. That's what we got. But we kind of assumed that. Yeah, no, and all week after WrestleMania, the two things I've been reading about on social media is Undertaker's retirement and the Hardy Boys returning. And making everybody yeah. feel like kids again. It was, you know, it, it's just great. I'm glad they're back. Yeah, to, to, to bring up our, our, our great, uh, our, our, our great 
contributor, friend, and listener, Jesse Zaski. That was one of the things he specifically mentioned was the Hardy Boys. You know? And they can still go. They're from our childhood. They connect with us. They give us a feeling inside, a warm feeling. But they can still go. This isn't Hulk Hogan getting in the ring. This isn't Ric Flair getting in the ring. This isn't Rowdy Piper getting in the ring. This is the Hardy Boys, the same Hardy Boys that left. Right. I gotta say, it made me feel good uh, seeing a familiar face come out there because a lot of a lot of WrestleMania was a lot of pe- people that I really had no idea who they were. But when I saw those Hardy Boys come out, I was like, "Shit's about to get fucking real." Like, you know, it's gonna get hell yeah. Out there, you know, it's the fucking Hardy Boys <laughs> in a man. fucking ladder, man. There's gonna be some fucking flips and twists and jumps and turns up in this motherfucker. And it gives you somebody to be invested in, right? Because you can't be invested in these characters you don't know nothing about, right, Strata? Right? I'm all like, Hardy Boys, Hardy Boys, Hardy yeah. Boys. Hell yeah. I still got to take Strata no, back and have him watch the entire Broken Saga. Yeah, I haven't seen anything oh, about Broken. Oh, no shit. Oh. Vanguard 1, the dilapidated boat. <laughs> I mean, it's it's... it's any, any listeners who haven't watched it, go on YouTube and, and watch the whole Broken Saga. Every, every chapter you can find, you're not going to be disappointed. They're all there. Every single one of them are on YouTube. Oh, yeah. And this year, this was a classic ladder match um, that, I think, that I think was at least as good as most, if not better, due to the fact the Hardys were in there. If the Hardys didn't get inserted into it, I don't think... This would have ended up being the same ladder match, not even for nostalgia reasons. I just mean in-ring action. Oh, yeah. I don't think it would have been as good as it yeah, was. No, none of the teams are really familiar with ladders, other than Cesaro and Sheamus, who aren't familiar with team ladder matches. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was like, I don't know. It, it kind of Talk felt about flat Cesaro, going What about a 619? Oh, yeah. I saw that. <laughs> I actually noticed that. I was like, what is Was that a 619? Like... Ripping Where's off Mysterio? Mysterio? Where the fuck? What's going on I was, here? I was surprised. Swiss Eddie, I thought he nine. did it pretty good. And they yeah, called it a Swiss yeah, one Yeah, the nine. Swiss one nine. That's what they called it. I loved it. <laughs> um, You know, uh, the big spot that I think is, is going to be on all the highlight reels and everybody was talking about, Sheamus and Cesaro, uh, they were laid out on two horizontal ladders between the mm. ring apron and the barricades. Yep. And Jeff Hardy goes up on one of those one of those giant effing ladders they only pull out when they want Jeff Hardy to do something off of them. Yeah. You know, the moment <laughs> they put it in the ring, you can walk halfway up and reach the title right. because from 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 the bottom from the floor it holds all the way up to the ring to, or to the title hanging there. So he got up there. I honestly thought he was going to do the splash. I didn't think he was going to do the swanton. I should have known they brought him back for the nostalgia, whatever. Right. I did notice after it happened, they had a ref holding the ladder. That's the biggest reason I didn't expect him to do a swanton off there, because the ladder moves so much when you do that, where a splash, right. he can just kind of fall. So they had the ref holding it, which, God bless him, I'm all for the safety. Give us a good show and keep your wrestlers safe. Yes, good, golden. But I, I think what a lot of people either didn't notice or, or looking at the wrong way. He came off the ladder and he, he hit Cesaro with the Swanton dead on. And that ladder busted in half and Cesaro went down yep. and then Seamus kind of rolled off his ladder, which didn't break. And yep. a lot of people are like, Oh, look at that. He missed, he missed, he missed Seamus altogether. Seamus is, is fake selling the move, this and that, that and this go back and watch it on replay. 
what happens is Jeff Hardy does the swanton. He hits Sheamus dead on, but or uh, uh, Cesaro, I should say, dead on, breaks that ladder. But Jeff's legs, they snapped on the chest of Sheamus like oh, yeah. a mousetrap yeah. going off. And I he didn't and walk Sheamus away from had to have been out of breath. No, he had to have been out of breath. I dare I say he heard a hell of a lot more than Cesaro heard from that because his ladder didn't break. Those legs just wailed on his chest. I mean, I give him props because I think he took that harder and nobody looks at him the same way they looked at the Cesaro one. So, you know what? He's got my admiration at least for taking that bump if, if nobody else's. And, and we got new champions, the Hardys. There, there was a part of me thinking they, they brought him in to elevate people and they weren't going to win. But the expedition of gold continues, my friends. Yes, it does. I yes, got to say, does. I was a little they... I was a little worried because I didn't see the Hardys that much to, like in the middle of the match. Like They disappeared there for a while on the side of the rings because they were getting their asses beat. Because everyone was like, we ain't right. fucking with no Hardy right. boys. Don't so let them get a ladder. Spent... Well, yeah. Other... other... <laughs> Other than Enzo, they're the smallest guys there, you know? Yeah. But that's that's what's dangerous about and, them is they're small and agile like a cat. Hell yeah. The hardy cats. <laughs> um, speak, speaking of Enzo, even though we didn't get the, uh, the, the screw-up that I wanted to see that made the split between Enzo and Cass, although there was a couple times I thought it was coming, that Cass was going to fuck up and Enzo was going to be pissed or whatever, we did see a really cool move that was... A little bit what we were talking about on our last podcast, where Enzo was going up and he was reaching for the title, and he was pulling that 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 move that they always pull, where like I can't reach it even right. though I could climb three more rungs, and then <laughs> and Cass seen him and Cass said, "Oh my gosh, he's struggling," and Cass ran up and went underneath him and yeah. put him on his shoulders, like I said I wanted to see, and, and tried to and tried to bring him up the ladder with him on there. They got knocked off, and I was more talking about just being on the mat and doing it and not climbing the ladder. But I thought it was kind of cool. They did that big man, little man dynamic where he got on his shoulders and did that. We were just talking about it last podcast. I liked seeing that. Um, Again, I thought it was just great storytelling in this. Each Each character played a role, and they each had little chapters in this match throughout the whole thing. Oh, yeah. You know, multi-man matches alone, let alone multi-man ladder matches, can get so discombobulated and jumbled. It's like a booyah base of fucking cluster fuckery. Shit, it's to the point when you don't even see a one-on-one ladder match anymore. When was the last time you seen a one-on-one ladder match? The last time I seen it was Razor and Sean. Yeah. But that's because I watched it last night. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. But you're right. You don't see that that often, which is a shame because there's so much dynamic you can use in a one-on-one ladder match. Oh, yeah. But the ladder gives you a crutch to do that cluster fuckery that you need in a multi-man match. That I don't think they use that crutch on this one. I feel like they don't. I feel, I feel like they put on a great match and they happen to insert ladders in there as opposed to the opposite. Right, yeah. It was tasteful. I liked it. The ladders were used appropriately. This year, I didn't see any ladders that were painted where they were cut, where they were breakaway ladders. Uh, that was my main <laughs> complaint from WrestleMania. I think maybe WrestleMania 30 or 31. They had the, the ladders all labeled and painted in the areas where they were going to snap away, and that, that made me mad. Right. That's, well, they knew which ladders to use, where to right. set them up. 
Right. So, so going on to tasteful, we've got Miz and Maurice versus John Cena and Nikki Bella. Uh, first thing, Miz and Maurice's outfits. Holy shit, I loved them. Yeah. Those were, those were cool. I just thought they were cool. I don't got nothing else to say about it. They were cool. It was very, like, Judge Dread, like, futuristic. I, mean, I was thinking more Mad Max, but Judge Dread works, yeah. yeah. Mad, Mad Max, Max Judge Dredd. Yeah, I can see that, too. Yeah, definitely. Futurist, that. yeah, kind of a dystopian future. Yeah. Blade Runner, there you go. There you go. There you go, yeah, Blade Runner. Fifth Element. I'm just going to start naming every dystopian future movie I know now. <laughs> Days of Future Past. Man. <laughs> no, I no, I, I liked their outfits. Thought it was cool. I uh, I like how they let Nikki Bella start out first and let her get halfway down the ramp before John Cena started his sprint to right. the ramp. Yep. And then he damn near tackled her, trying to pull her along with him. Did you see when he um, was running? She looked over at him, said something to him, and he's like, "I can't stop," and he just keeps running. Yeah. Yeah, she did. She said something to him, and then he was just like, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> I you see how much weight I got momentum right here? I ain't stopping until right? I hit that ring. Like, he even flew inside that ring. He was like, I am going right now. If I stop, I, I ain't going I, again. I swear I heard a muddle under his breath. You fucking cunt. I'm proposing to you tonight. Don't fucking embarrass me, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> we better fucking do this right. Right. No, um... You know, I I don't I'm gonna let y'all go with this one because as much as I love to ramble and talk, I don't got a lot to say. So let me hear your opinions. I'll chime in with mine. You know, Not it was match. no, it was a it was a typical um, mixed tag match. Um, it's kind of nice to see uh, Bella do the move on the Miz. That was fun. But other than that, I mean, you don't get much at all out of a mixed tag. It's 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 basically the guy versus the guy, and just like I expected, uh, Maurice didn't want to fight Nikki Bella. She wanted to talk the trash, right. but she didn't want to get in there and fight. Um, it was a good match, but uh, all in all, the match was there for the ending, in which John Cena yeah. proposed to Nikki Bella with a big cheesy story and. It was good. Which, it was is, heartwarming. Is it just me, or is it because it was so predictable, or what? But was that a little underwhelming? I it mean, was. probably not for Nikki, but it seemed really underwhelming to me. Like, I guess I just wanted something, something yeah, more no, than no, we it all. It was like it was super. It was super like PG thirteen rom com campy. Now that rock was something else, man. Oh yeah, that's a rock that that if it was cr- crack, fucking crackheads wouldn't be able to handle it. I mean, that was a rock. That was yeah. a rock. Oh, definitely. Yeah, but that, the thing was, like, it was even predictable for me because you look into the crowd and the first thing they do is show Cena's mom. Right, yeah. Cena like, goes and hugs his mom. Cena mom, flew his parents like, down to Florida for WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, just, just to come yeah. see us wrestle. Just, you know, just a thing that I've yeah, been doing this whole time. And it'd be one thing if it was if it was like fucking Mojo Rowley's mom because it's like right. his, you know his first big thing. Or even yeah, if it was Cena's Cena, dad. Cena, if it was Cena's dad. Because Cena's dad's yeah, like who, always who's there. Seen Cena's dad all the time. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. But it was Cena's mom. Yeah. And so like right away, I was we were, yeah he's proposing. It's happening. Yep. Yeah. And another thing that I, I I don't know if it's supposed to be like this or not, but it looked like when they were doing both doing the signature move there at the end. 
Is yep. her is hers supposed to look different than his? Yeah, hers is like a fall away. It's called the rack attack. Hers okay. is the rack same attack. Same setup. Same setup. Setup. Different finish. Okay, because I was like, if she's supposed to be doing the same thing, she's. Yeah, up yeah. Right if she now. was trying to do an attitude adjustment, it was highly butchered. Okay. I, was, <laughs> I still say, I still say my end, my predicted ending would have been better. It would having have been John Cena hit the AA on the Miz, and then having Nick, Nikki Bella come in and pin the Miz, just just to add insult to injury, and you know, I mean, I I I would have liked that, but it worked. They did the stereo finishers. They did the predictable, you know, finish. Um, I knew they weren't going to do what I had predicted earlier in the podcast or, or in the previous podcast, I should say. I knew they weren't going to do that. So I basically just disappointed myself. It wasn't John Cena. It wasn't Nikki Bella. Um, they put on a good match. I think The Miz, I think The Miz stole the show. Oh, yeah. Maurice underperformed. Maurice didn't do shit. Right. Nikki played her role exactly how she was supposed to. Nothing more, nothing less. Um, and I, I dare I say John Cena played his role nothing more, nothing less. I mean, he did good. Um, I, I, he did great. He did great. But nothing more, nothing less. Uh, Miz, I think, stole the show. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. And um, I don't know. The biggest thing I took away from this match was just the, the question in my head of, are Miz and John Cena best friends outside of WWE? Because, like, you know, the Miz wanted to do this for Cena to be able to propose. You know what I mean? I have a feeling they're, they're I have a I feeling they're I think they're, they're really not. close. I think they're buddies. I have a feeling they're not. I could be wrong. Maybe that's just, you know, in my head and my dreams and my hopes and my wants. Here's my question. Um, uh, I When I was watching this episode or this match... I realized something that I guess I didn't realize before is like, why is it that every time a guy comes in the ring, the chick has to automatically leave and vice versa? It's like, I guess to an extent I can understand like it's, it's a woman versus a man, but at the same time, it's like, if you want equal rights, you're all there together. It seems ridiculous that it's sexist. It's like, it's it's like a double, it's like a double tag. It's like if a guy comes in automatically, it goes in. It's called intergender strategy, and a lot of companies do still do it. WWE doesn't, and that's basically because they're a stock market exchange publicly traded company, and they can't show a man hitting a woman, and I think it's stupid. So they have what's called a mixed tag instead of what would be an intergender tag. Um, On our Beef Sticks Facebook page not too long ago, I posted a clip of uh, Brandy Rhodes, who some of you may know as Cody Rhodes' wife, yep, um, winning the DDT title from Joey Ryan in a match. It was her versus him, a woman versus a man. She got fucking slammed on thumbtacks in that fucking match. And she ended up winning it. So it, it is out there strategy. Folks like you, folks like me, folks like uh, Pasties... Uh, these people who, who look at everyone as equals, who are a little more progressive, yeah, there's no reason. A woman, a lot of them women can beat the shit out of a man. So let them go in there oh, yeah. and do it. I agree with you 100%. It'll happen, I agree 100%. It'll happen in the WWE in time. They just have to get um, females. They have to get females into NFL first. Whatever happened in China? 
Wasn't China whooping everybody's ass? She, she was. She was one of the fight men. She went into she went into porn. She took it in the ass on film, and then she died of drugs. Thank you for fucking bringing that up. Yeah, well, I'm sorry, but she. <laughs> Jeez. No. Well, if I'm gonna be a dick. Was the... No, you're, she... <laughs> no, you're she... right. She was the first intercontinental, or she was the first female intercontinental champion and she was the first woman to participate in the royal rumble so yeah she is a perfect example you are correct i'm giving you a lot of shit but you are correct that's great history telling right there by your part is she was she was the first female intercontinental champion that she won from jeff jarrett who by the way is an amazing athlete an amazing wrestler started tna uh i mean yeah the jarrett's go back for decades so she beat Jeff Jarrett for the Intercontinental title. She was the first woman to participate in a Royal Rumble, which only three women have done so far. That was her, Beth Phoenix, and Karma, who most people know as Amazing Kong or Awesome Kong. So you are you are correct about China. I just had to throw that shit in there. <laughs> that was all good. I was just like, I swear, seeing, watching her in wrestling and whooping everyone's ass, not giving a fuck, and now all of a sudden it's like, hey, man, we can't be hurting people's feelings. That was the Attitude Era. That was before they were a publicly well, traded company. Yeah. Exactly. That's before you get the stock market into it yeah. and you get all the damn uh, Yeah, Vince wanted to bring into money it. into it, and, and I don't know. Well, I mean, it is it is his business. I mean, I don't blame him for wanting to make money. So we're about uh, halfway through here, and, and we're taking up more time than and we we're planned. about so halfway through our podcast. To- Funny that I'm gonna try and try to move it along. Good luck. Even now we're getting into the good not shit. Doing that. <laughs> right? yeah, now that we've gotten um, to the beginning, let's get we're getting into the good packs. shit. What fucking what fucking bag have you opened up? Oh, you meant on on the on the pay per view, not the good. Sh- okay, a different good shit. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, well gotcha. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay. So, um, actually, Triple I can't H- say too terribly much. But Strata recently stumbled across a bag of remnants from the Galactic Get Down last year. Ooh, End my statement. Wow. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it this year. I'm looking forward to it this year. Oh, yeah. For sure. Um, so we got Triple H versus Seth Rollins. Um, this is another one that's been building up for a long time. And, uh, fucking. What a joke. I, I, what? <laughs> Triple what? H is a joke. Coming to this, coming down to the ring with the police match escort. Of the night. Like this is my tri- match of the night. I just, I'm just so like, it, it was a good match, but who, who wants to say I'm like when I'm thinking I'm badass? Never once did I think I should have the police escort me down to this stage. Oh, <laughs> I agree. The entrance I thought was stupid. I thought he looked ridiculous on a fucking trike. He had Stephanie in the back doing nothing. He had a police escort. I'm 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 watching like recaps on TV and I'm reading shit online and stuff, and and everybody's talking about how well of course Triple H took the best entrance for himself. That's the way he plans things and all this. And I'm thinking, what the fuck were you watching? Yeah, um, says the I, man who has the most losing record ever on WrestleMania. I actually have in my notes, because I take notes, folks. I do. I'm sorry. I can't remember anything. I take That's notes. That's why you're I our point, man. Notes. Damn right. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this word for word. <laughs> it says, match number six, Triple H versus Seth Rollins, colon. Seth had the best entrance of the night, dash torch. Bam, right there. Best entrance of the night. He comes out with a torch. 
a, a lit, like an actual real torch, not a Bray Wyatt LED fucking lamp torch. Like I a agree. real fucking fire torch. He obviously has an on-off switch on it, so it's probably like propane, butane, something like that. But that's yeah. fine. Uh, he walks out. He he puts it down as if he's starting the entrance ramp on fire. And remember, anybody who watches, this is a huge entrance ramp. Oh, yeah. So he touches it to the ground. And as soon as he touches it to the ground, you see this LED flame go down the entrance ramp. And it's just crawling as you as you'd expect a fire to do, as if it had just touched kerosene. And it's growing, and it's building, and it's evolving. And then it hits the ring, and the and the flames arise from the LED sides of the yeah. ring, and boom, you get hit with the light. And it was I, I thought not only was it beautiful, not only was it powerful, but after the match, and it, well, not even after the match, I'll, I'll admit, the second time I watched it, when I watched the entrance after seeing the match and seeing the end of the match, I said, holy shit, this is literally the passing of the torch from Triple H to Seth Rollins. Right. Triple H is naming this guy as his fucking guy, not storyline-wise, not this is the guy I fucking got to tur- turn on the shield, not this is the guy that... I storyline wise helped win the title. This is Triple H saying this is the guy that's gonna carry this company in the future after John Cena leaves, after I'm done. I, th- that's what I seen. I could be reading way more into it than it's supposed to be, but I was like, holy shit, it's the passing of the torch. No, I get it. And Seth Rollins, his entrance was far better than Randy Orton's snake follows him down the entrance ramp all glitchy, all glitchy out. Just wait till I get to that. I hope I remember what I what I said with my group of friends. So I hope I get to that one yet. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I agree with you. That uh, that entrance was epic. Oh yeah, super it definitely powerful. like in that gold suit. He was like he was like a little Hercules, like a, watching Hercules from Disney, and he was a fucking the yeah. the fucking teenage Hercules, where he's like, I'm ready to fuck shit up, but I still, you know, it's like I'm still ready to go. And he has the torch. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Right? And, and, and Danny DeVito's yelling at him from the sidelines. Fuck, they should have got Danny DeVito <laughs> Do it, there. kid. You got it. I got three words for you. Don't fuck this shit up. <laughs> <laughs> Other than not being able to count your words, that was an awesome Danny DeVito as the fucking uh, little dude. Oh, what was his name on there? Philip uh, Tides. Philip uh, Tides, yeah. Phil, yeah, yeah. Philatines, Phil. <laughs> yep, fucking, you nailed, you nailed that, dude. I love it. You're gonna be our voice guy from now on. There you go. I've been replaced. Um. <laughs> so I got it. You know what? This one again. Storytelling. 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 Storytelling was the story of this pay per view, which is what I want to see more of. I love storytelling in the ring. You know what? It probably bores a lot of the casual viewers, and I apologize for that. Storytelling gets me fucking hooked, gets oh, me yeah. invested in the match, keeps me invested in the match, and makes me want to see the next fucking match. Yeah, That's nothing's, what gets me. Nothing's better than a match where you can't even look at your phone because your eyes are glued to the TV screen. Shit, yeah, and this was that one. This yeah, was that yeah, one. Hands it definitely down. was. And it wasn't for the spots. <laughs> it was because of the storytelling. You know, the Cerebral Assassin, Triple H, definitely lived up to his name on this one. He was oh, yeah. working Rollins' knee from the beginning of the match to the end of the match. It was all about fucking getting that knee. It was about crippling him. It was about fuck you, Seth. It was about I replaced you, Seth. It's about you're not me, Seth. It's about give me the pedigree back, Seth. I mean, 
you felt it. You felt a connection between these two. You felt the hatred. You either felt Seth fighting for his honor or you felt Triple H fighting to keep him down. Either way, you were, whichever side you were on, you felt it <laughs> the oh, whole yeah. time. That was a, lo- a wonderful wow, that- match. A, a, a very physical fight. It was good, good times. Did, a, did an awesome DDT by Triple H to Seth Rollins on the announce table that really looked like it hurt. I mean, I think they just sold it really well. It looked like they, they performed it correctly, so I doubt anybody got hurt. But, man, they, they did it well. I liked the use of the uh, chair that Triple H brought in. Oh, yeah. Seth Rollins' knee, and he used that over and over again. My my you favorite know? part of the whole match, though, was when he had him down, when Triple H had Seth Rollins down outside the ring and was railing on his knee, and Seth scrambling to pull weapons out from under the ring while his knee's being attacked. And he throws yeah. Triple H, and he throws Triple H the sledgehammer right know, he to like, him. Right He's to like, him. Hunter, <laughs> here, have the sledgehammer. It's your favorite. I got oh. it just for you. Please fuck my knee up more. <laughs> as soon as it happened, like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh. No, I, you know what? I, I, I got to say, I'm, I'm giving this my match of the night nod. I don't know where either of you are at for the best match of the night. Maybe... Maybe we haven't gotten to yours yet. Um, this is mine. This is my match of the night right here. I don't think any other match, in my personal opinion, when I watched, entertained me more, uh, brought me in more, made me feel more emotions, made me give a shit about the two more, made me care about how it was going to end more. Uh, may- maybe one other match made me care about how it was going to end, and we haven't gotten there yet. Uh, but yeah, th- this is my lock for match of the night. I would, I would, I would have to agree with you. Um, as just a, a once-over basis, it definitely is the most standout. It was a physical fight. They got everything that needed to get across the board. Across the board, the ending was wonderful. Uh, I mean, we got to watch Seth Rollins beat Triple H with a pedigree. Oh yeah. That, oh, and get this: Seth Rollins took multiple pedigrees and didn't get pinned. Right. Seth Rollins beat Triple H with one pedigree right that's that's crazy i literally have written down here in my notes i have the phrase mental poetry written down this match mental poetry that that's i wrote it down as i was watching it mental poetry was was the phrase that came to my mind because they truly made this into a human game of chess these two used their brains and their strategy as much as they used their body throughout the whole thing yeah and in this match, Triple H picked up his 12th loss at WrestleMania, as, as uh, Strategy had uh, earlier brought forth, to surpass... That was on them WrestleMania numbers, oh, yeah. man. More, more, than, more than fucking Bruce Pritchard or any of them. Strat <laughs> is on them WrestleMania numbers. I try. But before that, <laughs> the WrestleMania loss record was on Mr. WrestleMania himself, Bubba's favorite wrestler of all time, Shawn Michaels. Michaels. Woo. Oh, oh, Sean! They think I'm cute. Oh, man. They know I'm sexy. Can we take this time to bitch about Kurt Angle's Hall of Fame induction quick? <laughs> uh, <laughs> do we want to was... do it now? Because we, we're running out of time. We may end up having to fucking lock all of this in. Maybe. We maybe yeah. just have to uh, go over our two-hour limit like we do every was, week. Kurt Angle's induction was so fucking pointless. 
It was, I mean, I mean, not his induction itself. Him being in the Hall of Fame is more poignant than a lot of folks. It's way more poignant than Coco Beware or Drew Carey. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, but when you go out there and you just fucking literally have somebody bring... He, he did... No, you know what he did? He did a Carrot Top skit throughout yep. the fucking thing. Yeah. He brought out all the props from all his old fucking gimmicks... And uh, he didn't talk anything about his career. He didn't talk anything about how great it was to have been able to do these matches or who he, you know, had all these great moments with or who he learned from. He didn't talk anything about his time outside of WWE, which isn't horribly surprising. Um, it was shitty. How did that bring up fucking uh, Kurt Angle's? Because you started doing a really bad Shawn Michaels thing. And and then I, and that I made you think of John Kurt Cena Angle. bringing in Kurt Angle. <laughs> well, no, yeah, Kurt Angle's really bad Shawn Michaels thing. Oh, so yeah. you're saying I'm as good as Kurt Angle as doing a bad Shawn Michaels entrance? There you go. In a roundabout That's way. That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me, Pasty. <laughs> I've got a chubby going right now. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um. <laughs> Oh, uh, if we want, if we want to get back on the match, um, if we have one to. thing I want to get across to everybody, one thing I took away from this that that I've kind of, I think we've all kind of known, but this really cemented and solidified this this fact. I think that Paul Levesque and Vince McMahon, and yes, I'm saying Paul Levesque and Vince McMahon, not Triple H and Mr. McMahon. I think Paul Levesque and Vince McMahon really believe Seth Rollins is the guy. I think they have all the faith in the world in Seth Rollins. I think this match shows so it. So then are they just faking that they have all the faith in the world in Roman Reigns just to have that as a placeholder or what? Um, I think I think they see Roman Reigns as the Cena uh, <laughs> Hogan. I do think they do. I think they see Seth Rollins as the Macho Man Triple H. You know okay. what I mean? Fair enough. Definitely fair enough. Um, I, I hate to put Triple H in there with Seth and, and Macho Man. It kind of it kind of burned at my soul real quick, and I might have to take this back. I literally seen some smoke come out of my mouth, and I think a piece of my soul left. So I'm sorry, but um, that, I was saying that's how they see it. I they see him as the the Macho Man. The uh, so, so so they're saying they see Seth fucking Steph is what I'm saying. I guess right, right. They see him as the Macho Man. He's gonna fuck Steph. <laughs> he might go. have after WrestleMania. I turned turn a very emotional and fucking poignant thing into some dirty gossip and shit. You see what you do to me, Pacey? You You're a horrible hey. person, and I hope you can't sleep at night. I sleep just fine until about five thirty yeah. in the morning. God, you're a horrible person. <laughs> uh, one one thing I do, and, and I still I give this the match of the night, but I have some complaints here. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be beef sticks if I wasn't bitching, right? Right. Why the fuck was this considered a quote unquote unsanctioned match? Yes, they used chairs. Yes, they used tables. Yes, they didn't <laughs> do the count out. Call it a street fight. Call it a no DQ. Call it a no holds bar. <laughs> All, it, all these fucking things you can call it. When I think of unsanctioned, and we talked about this on the last podcast, you want something vicious. You want something big. You want you want blood, and we said that too. You want fucking blood, but you want – it wasn't unsanctioned. They just had a normal no-holds-barred or no-DQ or street fight. They didn't fucking – they didn't latch anything in. 
Right, yeah, no, there was nothing, like, over the top. It was it was what you would have expected from the match between Seth Rollins and Triple H. Well, for, for an old barn. For I an think unsanctioned, for an unsanctioned I match, I think the company should have so little to do with it, there's not even a fucking referee. You know what I mean? How about they don't even fucking air it and they just fucking put it on YouTube <laughs> on some fucking shaky cam found right. footage shit like the in, Witch in Triple Project. H's own home, you know, something like that. How about Vanguard One tapes it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I that that I'm disappointed about. Unsanctioned, you should have a reason for you using that term. It should be something that goes a little above and beyond your normal no DQ. They didn't do that. <laughs> I do have to say. I give Steph credit, and again, good storytelling. Steph went through the table. Um, Seth pushed Triple H into her, so Triple H put Steph through the table. That was cool. We've seen it in the Attitude Era. We haven't really seen it lately. Uh, maybe the I love how Triple H made sure to make dominant. sure his hands were like down at waist level. Like, I'm not t- touching her with my hands. I'm not abusing my <laughs> wife. I'm just throwing her through a table. <laughs> I watched it twice. I never noticed that. I'm going to go back and watch it again. Oh, my God, yeah. yeah um, last, the last time we've seen a prominent woman go through a table, Bully Ray was fucking powerbombing Dixie Carter off the turnbuckle through a table. So, you know what? Step your fucking game up, WWE. TNA did it better. Going to say that. I'm going to say it. Going to say it. But, no. Match of the night. Loved it. Entrance. Game. Uh, uh, mentality, everything, everything was on point on this, other than the unsanctioned thing. If I if I forget that it was an unsanctioned match, they they've got are, the next time we do a top ten for WrestleMania shit. This could this is going to be on there. I'll bet. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I think this goes down as probably yeah. one of Triple H's best matches at WrestleMania ever. Oh fuck yeah! Oh, oh yeah. shit! It has to. Yeah. Uh, now we got the world title match, Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton. Good God, I love this match. I loved, I loved all the cheesy shit in this match. I loved Randy Orton's glitchy snake entrance. I loved the fact that he was pissed that it wasn't working the right way. It was great. (coughs) Um, so I seen the snake entrance and I don't, I'm, I'm assuming most of the people who are listening to us have watched it. Uh, the snake looked like a giant sperm to me. <laughs> yeah. I was really hoping, I was really hoping that it was going to fucking swim down that entrance ramp and on the ring side, because they have an LED ring side, like the ring apron is yep. LED. Yep. I wanted fucking Paige's face to be there, and I wanted that sperm to swim down and splatter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they didn't do that. Uh, it did. I, I, you know what? I don't know if it kept glitching or if he just kept stopping and the guy no. in charge of the LEDs had to fucking rewind it. One or the other. Because he either kept stopping because it was glitching or it kept going back because he was stopping. It was one or the other. I think it was on a sensor technology to follow Randy's feet and the sensors weren't working the right way is pretty that much what be. I got gathered from it. It would jump ahead of him and it would go behind him and it was... Yeah. Uh, he should have just ran down to the fucking ring like Cena. Why the, the fuck The thing not? is, is they, they ran tests on it, but they didn't run tests on it with an arena full of people shaking and vibrating and, you know. So are you telling me they did cycles of tests on that? I think they, they probably tested the entrance to make sure it worked, and it probably so, worked smoothly beforehand. So they, did cy- 
So they did cycles of tests. So you're telling me that this sperm <laughs> came out of test cycles? Yeah, there you go. Yes. Your sperm. <laughs> you like how I did There you go. That, huh? that was beautiful. That sperm came out of test cycles. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we didn't plan this. That was fucking organic. I love it. Organic and <laughs> orgasmic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love you too. Snap into oh, a beef stick, slip um, into a drink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, I, I feel different than you. I was disappointed in this match, honestly. I, um, I, loved, I loved the extra shit they did. I loved the projection. Um, I'm guessing that's how they did it, was a projector right above it. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. referee jumped out quick as shit after, when the first one came on. Like, oh shit, I'm supposed to be out of the ring. <laughs> um, so, for those of you who maybe didn't see it, again, I'm assuming most of you all listening, listening, whistling. Listening. You whistling, could be whistling and listening along to us. Why not? Um, so so Bray did his upside down Cthulhu sort of deal, <laughs> and then uh, and and Randy Orton was down in the middle of the ring, and all of a sudden the whole ring turned into maggots. Now it was a projection; it didn't turn into maggots. That would have like been there were way literal cooler. Maggots that would have been way cooler. If it it would turn into real maggots. Uh, and he and he sank into them. That would have been cool. Uh, no, but it turned into maggots. And it was sort of just like, uh, like you know, again, storytelling, getting into the mind, cerebral, a game of chess. Like they, the story, I, I sound like a broken record. Everybody's sick of me saying it. The storytelling at this mania is maybe the best in any mania. I'm not saying this mania was the best of any mania. The, but the storytelling. storytelling. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. But they did that. Then they did Worms next. And then they did like the shittiest looking cockroaches. Like whoever right. got these, cockroaches you should have you should have did them backwards. It should have been the cockroaches or, or Florida. It should have been the cockroaches, then the worms and the maggots last, and it would have been perfect. <laughs> well, they should have just used good cockroaches. These cockroaches, literally, to me, I thought they were crickets until I've <laughs> until I've read different reviews and watched things, and everybody says they're cockroaches. So apparently, people haven't ever been to like fucking the south and seen real cockroaches. These things look like crickets. If I seen these in my house, I'd just shoo them out. I wouldn't even fucking stomp them. <laughs> they weren't scary. It was stupid. But but no, the whole thing was that Bray Wyatt's supernatural. I, I I'm okay with them having this gimmick for him. Uh, Somebody needs to have. I have it now. no problem. Yeah, why not? Again, I'm I'm okay with campy and stuff in wrestling when done right. I thought this was done right. I've heard a lot of people bitching about it. A lot of people think it's stupid. Um, all of us watching really enjoyed it uh, in my group. How, how did it go at your place when y'all were watching it? We ate it up, man. We you ate, ate up the maggots. Yes. Bowls after bowls of maggots. We were just baked and, and had the munchies and couldn't help ourselves. Just shoveling <laughs> it in. No, it was it was wonderful, man. I I got really excited the first time they did it. And then the second time I did it, I was like, oh, it's worms now. And then the third time they did it, I'm like, you should have stopped at two. Yeah, honestly, well, I thought, and I thought there me? were crickets, too. Yeah, I don't think... Did you? I, think I think there yeah, were crickets, I and I think I think the IWC is a bunch of fucking idiots, like JBL, you know? That's just my... They, they might be cockroaches, because <laughs> there's a million and one different uh, types of cockroaches, and they could be small little... But they didn't look like the icky cockroaches I no, know. they you look know like, I mean? like crickets that you feed an iguana. Yeah, that's not no cool. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what they look like. Yeah. Um, you know, 
One of the things that popped into my head, because I think of weird shit when I'm watching wrestling, apparently. They had these, and, and to me, the first thing I thought is projectors. They got, they're, they're projecting these things in the ring. You know what I mean? I, I, my kayfabe part of me is like Bray Wyatt's taking over the ring and he's putting these, but you know, whatever. We know it's projections, right? Well, WWE has been doing so much work with Hanna-Barbera lately. I was waiting for fucking Scoob and the gang to hop <laughs> out and, and fucking, and fucking rip the mask off of Bray Wyatt and be like, jinkies. It was Ted DiBiase Jr. all along trying to gain revenge on being overshadowed in fucking evolution. Oh, or in legacy, I should say. I was, I was just waiting for that. You know, you got the projector. You got the, the scary shit. Um, that's, that's the worst way to think of this match, but I couldn't help but that popping in my mind. Just ripping the mask off of fucking Bray Wyatt, and there's Ted DiBiase Jr. in a fat suit and a fucking fake beard. I just, I wanted to see that. I, I, uh, I disappointed myself. I liked the match. <laughs> I, liked, I liked what they did with the projectors. I didn't like that Randy Orton won in the end. I mean, kind of saw it coming. It's, but it really ruined what they had built for Bray. And then coming into SmackDown with having Eric Rowan come back, and now he's got Wyatt family going again. Like, oh my god! Well, what did, what did I say before about Bray Wyatt? His his biggest weakness is fucking pay per views. That's his biggest weakness is pay per views. The motherfucker can't catch a break at pay per views. He should have kept the title. They should have just kept it on him. They should have. Oh, I, I they're, they're I think ruining. the ending. I didn't. I didn't think the match itself was spectacular. Unless this than, House of Horrors you know, match actually happens at Payback, which would be Welcome awesome. Welcome to House of Horrors. Horrors, horrors, horrors. Yeah, they should even use that song. I'd be happy with that. I, I, you know, I, I would love that if they did it. Yeah, bring, I, we don't They could bring back ICP and then induct them into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's not happening. No, it's not. ICP isn't even going in the fucking psychopathic Hall of Fame at this. I guess ICP <laughs> stuff is back on the WWE Network though. Like, I, even even the Oddities theme song is on there, but like you can see oh, them. Yeah. yeah, they 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 used to edit them out, but now they're they're there. I guess. Yeah, but now now they're just fucking giving their music away for free, dude. Right. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. I honestly want to hear the new Shaggy fucking CDs, so I'm, I'm gonna shut up. Uh, <laughs> Juggalos uh, are not a gang. We, <laughs> then we have the match to determine the champion of the universe. Yes. Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar in a match that nobody's seen being this fucking good. You know what? Not the match of the night, but I think this is the best fucking match these two could ever have. I think right. they took every fucking strong point from both of these guys. They fucking put it all in this match, and these two gave you the perfect fucking match that these two can give you. This is not AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe. This no. is not Nakamura versus Sami Zayn. This is Goldberg versus Lesnar. And you know what? Sorry, Pasty, but I want to hear Strata's fucking take on this. I'm, I'm, I'm interesting. I'm interested to hear what a non-current wrestling fan who knows the two of these guys. I'm assuming from the past has to say about this match. I'm, I'm really intrigued. My uh, biggest take on it was like I was really excited to see Goldberg, to be honest, because you know he's more, you know, blast from the past, you know, than Brock Lesnar is, and. You know, yeah. with 
when it comes to Lesnar, you know, I think of him more in the UFC stance, you know, because that's where I've been seeing him. You know, that's where I've seen him more and, and such. So it was kind of kind of weird seeing him back out there in the, the WWE and everything and doing his wrestling. And sometimes it's like, I don't know, it's almost like his acting is so bad it's good or vice versa. <laughs> I, can't de- I can't decide. You know, no, I, I think it's just bad. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. Know, I like, think it's just bad. And then he he comes in there with fucking uh, fucking what's his name? Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman. Yes, Paul Heyman. I and I I recognize him too. And it's just like, does anyone not realize that this is done in HD? Because Paul Heyman's makeup is ridiculous, dude. He looks like someone fucking just shoved a <laughs> fucking shoved a concealer pie on his face dude it's like you can see the line on his face i was like oh. what's going on dude what is going on right. here? this is supposed to be your biggest again, i watched it twice i never noticed that but i'm gonna watch it again just to fucking oh see if gosh, i can dude, notice it's like two tones you just gotta <laughs> turn that's, sideways and that's you can how notice the, the glancing passerby of, of wwe is gonna view things they're gonna look at things for face value <laughs> and not so in depth as we do like we read things. Wait, like I that. just get lost in his promo. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he definitely tells a good story, as we saw in what was that SmackDown, SmackDown Live. He told uh, a great. Or was it Raw? Raw. Yeah, it okay. would have been Monday Raw. Okay, yeah. but uh, yeah, I mean, the match itself, it was like watching how uh, Lesnar was just like giving him them suplexes, like right away, just slamming him down, slamming him down. And right when he was just like, Gary started fucking lo- gloating and started chanting, fucking Goldberg was like, fuck yourself. How you like that? Spear right there. It's just like, dude, like they went at it. Like there was like both of them just kept kept going back and forth, back and forth. And I liked it. It was good. It was. It was we kinda, need more matches like that. Yeah. Like, like they both were going at it and it was nice. Uh, sporadically, I would say. Sporadically, yeah. we need more matches yeah. like that. A nice treat every now and then. I, I, like I said, I mean, I expected so little. We joked so much about it going into it. Um, but in all honesty, I fucking loved this match. I loved it so fucking much. I didn't want to love it. I didn't expect to love it. Uh, but these two performed, like I said, the best match these two could perform, honestly. I I, I was surprised. I, I enjoyed the two of them going at it. It beat the shit out of their last fucking WrestleMania match where they were both leaving and nobody really gave a shit. You know what I mean? So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I did not expect myself to enjoy this as much as I did. What do you think, Pasty? Yeah, no, I, I I loved it. I It was definitely the best of their series. Um, the best match that we could have hoped to get from both of them, as you said earlier. <coughs> it was them on their A-game. Uh, they brought a good, solid 10-minute fight when everybody was thinking we wouldn't even get five. You know, And, and to me, that was phenomenal. Um, just, just a slobber knocker from both parts. Uh, two monsters unleashing on each other is... is something you want to see in wrestling. And I think that might have been a major selling point to actually get strategy to sit down and watch WrestleMania with me was hearing that this match was on for this year. It was also kind of weird, like, seeing, seeing like, the uh, the age dif- difference, the age progression, I guess, from when I first saw it and then seeing it now to some of these people, like, 
you know how like Randy Orton, like he was just like, oh, I, was, yeah. I was like, wow, dude, you look old. Like you need to like, you have these years have not been kind to you. You know, like you've been taking it rough. And same thing here with Goldberg. It's like you can really see he's got that salt and pepper look going on here. Oh yeah, that. you know, it's like he's he's an old man now, but I mean he's still cut like a motherfucker. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna fucking talk shit because Goldberg Goldberg will whoop my ass. Oh yeah, you know. I was honestly surprised at at the kind of shape that he's been in since he came back. I mean he is. He's looking he's looking better than he should at his age for being a retired wrestler who yeah. isn't like doing any other extracurricular kind of stuff. It's all thanks to DDP Yoga. <laughs> DDP Yoga changed his life. <laughs> uh yeah, I, I was just I was overwhelmed by how much I actually enjoyed this match. And I think again, maybe if I was expecting it to be the match of the night, I would have been underwhelmed, but expecting it to disappoint me. God, I, they, it was just as long as it should have been. Right. Yeah. I mean, everything that, that, that happened should have happened. I love the fact that Paul Heyman still, I mean, every time that he takes the microphone from the announcer, this time it happened to be Jojo and he has to announce his client himself. That That is just great. You know, Brock Lesnar started off with the suplexes right away, super strong. Goldberg came back with multiple spears. They both looked strong throughout the whole fucking thing. The, I, I got to say, the, the moment of that match that surprised me the most was uh, Lesnar was down in the corner at one point, like down on his belly. And Goldberg was setting up for a spear in the, in the opposite corner. And Lesnar was getting up, and he was only about half up, maybe on one knee, when Goldberg ran at him full speed for a spear. And Goldberg leapfrogged this fucker from almost a complete laying down position. Yeah. Holy fucking calves, Batman. Right. Damn. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. And he did a good job. It was a little low. Brock had, or uh, Goldberg had to duck a little bit, but he was technically doing a spear anyways, quote unquote. So he would have been bending down. I mean,. That talk about athleticism! Holy shit, I was impressed with that one. Yeah, watching a man you know, that size just fucking leap up—it's like seeing one of the yeah. desert tarantulas out there, man. You're like, man, you don't know what people are capable or what's out there anymore. Yeah, because Lesnar is one of the few people that's heavier than myself, and I'll tell you what—I ain't jumping that fucking high. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, and another thing that I think we should bring up, you know, uh, Goldberg hit uh, a jackhammer on Lesnar, did not get the pin. Lesnar hit one F5 on Goldberg and got the pin. So Lesnar came out looking like the, the, the stronger man. Well, they you got to be the stronger man if you want to be the master of the universe. Hey, He-Man, She-Ra, even Orca, 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 or what Orca. was his name? Or, 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 no, I don't think that's right. That's a fucking whale. That can't be right. Oracle? That's Shamu. <laughs> Oracle? I, uh, well, anyways, Oracle's there we go. Now, now we know how well we know our fucking He-Man. I know Skeletor. Ask me anything Skeletor, right. I'll tell you. <laughs> Ask me He-Man, I'm lost. Uh, Thundercats. Uh, what's, what's up with all the bling and ice that's on those WWE titles? Like, uh, it's it's like, all about the show, man. It's all about the. It's all oh, yeah. about the fucking. You, you get the LEDs lights going on, on it. It shimmers and shines. Just be glad that the title's not a spinner anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, that thing is just ugly. 
God. So, um, we had one more match before a main event match. Uh, the SmackDown Live Women's Title match. I don't give a fuck about this match. This nope. was stupid. I was really why mad that this match happened now. I'm like, why move it to the fucking I thought maybe it was on the pre-show. Right, I thought maybe yeah. it was back on the pre-show and I had missed it. And then it came we on after Lesnar Goldberg. We, right. Yeah, we thought due to time restraints they were going to skip it. We were looking at the clock and everybody there was like, there's no way they're having the women's match. Well, they had a five-minute fucking match where nobody looked like shit. Nobody gave a shit. They didn't build anything up. The, the theme of the night was storytelling, and I got no fucking stories out of these eight fucking women or however many, one, two, three, four, five, six women in this match. And I didn't get shit other than, and I got to bring this up because some folks are going to be upset at me if I didn't. Mickey James coming out in this fucking faux native fucking outfit. Right. Yeah, okay. What the fuck was that? I'm, I'm Native American. I'm Powhatan Cherokee. I grew up Meadowakanton. I I was raised native. I you know, and I'm pretty I'm pretty loose and liberal. Anytime you're talking about us, I'm happy because anywhere other than by a reservation, people even fucking forget natives live. So I'm pretty okay with most shit. I'm a Redskins fan. I'm a Virginia guy, so sue me. I'm sorry. Um, and I personally did not even take offense to Mickey James coming out like this, uh, other than the fact that it's stupid. It's a PC world. You're a publicly traded company that won't fucking bleed and won't have women hit men or men hit women. So you're letting Mickey James come out here in this shitty looking faux Native American headdress and outfit. Yes, no Mickey James. Mickey James is part Powhatan uh, native, which I am part Powhatan native. She's from Richmond, Virginia. I'm from Virginia Beach, Virginia. So I get it. But you don't see me fucking walking around in these weird-ass fucking honky-made fucking headdresses and shit just trying to fucking be cool. No, I fucking walk around in a button-up shirt because I fucking look good myself. So you I'm sorry. You do realize that that's our next Beef Sticks meme is you dressed up exactly like that. A honky I'm, headdress. I'm, I'm just going to sure Photoshop you on Mickey headdress. Made by this honky. fucking body. I'd love it. I'd love it. <laughs> um, no, I mean, honestly, and this is sad, but this is honest. Uh, Tatanka's ring gear from the early 90s looked more authentic than Mickey James's. I don't get why she did it. I don't understand who let her do it. I don't know why WWE themselves didn't fucking stop it. It was just It's just a PR fucking debacle. Surprisingly, I haven't seen much online or heard much from people complaining about it. Uh, but it's going to happen. My personal opinion, I don't care. I thought she looked good in it. I think she's a great wrestler. And I'm a fan of Mickey James, and this doesn't change anything. But from some of the stuff I've gone through and from things that people I know have gone through and just the relations of, of stuff going on, I understand why it's a sore subject and WWE should have understood it. Right. That's, that's all I'm saying. They should have understood it. I don't give a shit. doesn't bother me personally, even though I'm going to rant and rave about it. Personally, I don't care. Do whatever you want. But uh, WWE should have put a kibosh to it. 
And was that is then I mean why why is that the main thing we're talking about? Had this been a fucking blowout, amazing, right. awesome fucking right. match, we wouldn't even have gave a shit that she came out about that. But that's all I have to say. I'm you sorry. You know what I'd rather talk about than this match? The fact that when they were introducing the announcers from around the world, that one announcer's booth didn't have their microphones on and we're talking <laughs> silence at the very beginning. <laughs> that oh was gosh, awesome. that was embarrassing. Okay, I knew so that was. Go ahead. What? I do have something to say. One thing to say about this match. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the who is the lady, the woman that won? Naomi. Yeah, the Naomi. Um, I liked her outfit. That lime green with the with the black lights on and how she glue it, let it glow or feel the glow or whatever that is. Yeah, feel I, the glow. Yeah. yeah, I can dig that. I mean, doesn't doesn't hurt that she has a bit of a booty going on there. But I uh, definitely dug the outfit and the black lights. That was really cool. Yeah, the yeah, first time she did the rear view in the match, Stray was like, holy shit, she used that thing as a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Use what you got, right? Use your assets. Absolutely. I can fucking 100% agree with that. Um, I'm putting this down as the uh, shit match of the night, even below Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal from the pre-show. I didn't care... I'm, I'm glad Naomi got the feel-good moment in her home state. I'm glad she got to win the title because I honestly feel had she not been injured, she would have kept the title. She would have went in as the as the reigning champion, and she would have lost it because WWE tends to like people to lose their titles in their home state, in their hometown. Nope. I think so, this, this pans into my conspiracy theory about Raw and SmackDown stealing each other's ideas. And when SmackDown caught Oh my gosh, if faking, you start with the Seth Rollins No, shit. yeah. When they, caught, when they <laughs> caught on to Seth Rollins faking the leg in, injury, they're like, we got to do this with our women's division. Naomi, get out there and break a leg. <laughs> and they both came back in time for their WrestleMania matches. Both of them achieved victory. This is... <laughs> How these shows operate. They just steal little details from each other and they just run with it. And I think it's kind of ridiculous. You know what, it's Pasty? Real. It's real. This uh, this podcast would not be as good if you and I didn't disagree on so many things. <laughs> I'm glad we got two different uh, perspectives of the same coin. We're both looking at the same coin. We got two different perspectives and neither one's wrong. Neither one's right. We're both mine, fans. Mine is right. That's Shut what matters. Up. Shut up. Mine's right. I'm Fuck right. you. I know my shit. I was trying to be, dip- I was trying to be diplomatic here for I a second. I don't take notes because I know. <laughs> yeah. You don't take notes because you're unprepared. Okay. So we're going into the main event. Roman Reigns versus Undertaker. Whew. Oh, my, oh gosh. my gosh. So much to take away from this. Again, uh, maybe I want to I want to hear Strata on this one because this probably um, this was another one that our 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 one of our most loyal listeners, uh, Yessi, commented on about one of the reasons that he ended up picking up the network when he hadn't had it before. Um, the Undertaker has been through generations of fans, and um, I I honestly feel folks who are just just coming back to this one can maybe give us even a, a better perspective than perhaps I can. What do you got to say, Strata? Uh, to be honest, I was, I was a little disappointed. Like I just, uh, this Roman Reigns guy, like he, he seems like, you know, he's 
in good condition or whatever, good wrestler or whatever. But it's like oh, yeah. the Undertaker, like the Undertaker. You know, right. it's, like he come, he, it's the fucking Undertaker. He fucking came in, you know, usual fucking status, fucking rocking it, looking badass as ever. And then he comes in, you know, and, oh, man, I just feel like, you know, it's like they really played on the fact that on the on the idea or whatever, presume that he's that he's retired now because I the Undertaker I know would never, ever try to sit up and flop over like that. I've never seen anything like that. Oh, my like gosh. That. When I saw that, I was like, what are we watching? Are we sure this is the same guy? <laughs> like, come on. Like, yeah, he took he took all those, you know, Superman punches, and he took the spears. Right. But, like, to, to be completely honest, uh, Undertaker looks like he's a, lot, a good amount bigger than this Roman Reigns guy. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, it's a un- decent it's a- amount, not a lot, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the Roman Reigns guy, he's he's younger, he's newer or whatever, but it's the fucking Undertaker, dude. Like, yeah, it's a phenom, the yeah, dead man. Yeah, if he's gonna go out, you don't go out looking like a bitch at the end because, like, yeah, he took a lot of hits, but they made him look like an old man ready to retire. Oh, they yeah. gave him his cane. They gave him his retirement card and his N-A-R-P card or whatever. And they're like, okay, put your shit down and leave now. You know, it's like, that's not the Undertaker that I know. So it's like, as entertaining as it was to see the Undertaker out there, it's just not how I would have pictured the Undertaker going out. Right. Well, like this the Undertaker en- is not how you picture the Undertaker right. at all. Well, when I last watched The Undertaker, he was doing the last ride and coming in on the motorcycle. So it was like, it's bad. Uh, the, the American badass. My yeah. favorite Undertaker. Yeah, that was... Nobody else's, just yeah, mine. So, but... <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, him and, that, him and that fucking DDP stalker can go hang out together. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, you know, when it comes so to, I... like, traditional <laughs> Undertaker, it's just, uh, just not what I expected. No, I, so I, I, I do have to... I, yeah, I want to hear you, Casey. I want to hear what you say, because I, I want to go last. I, I want you got, to just spill it all out there. Tell me everything. I little to say here, and thank God Vince McMahon showed up at the arena in Florida and took a look at that ramp and said, there's no way in hell the Undertaker's walking down this entire ramp. We're going to yes, have him come yes. up at halfway. <laughs> I have that in my notes. I literally have that in my notes. <laughs> he never would have made it the whole match otherwise. No. no. <laughs> or, well, the fucking, it was already, that match was so late in the night. That was what, after 1030? It was so late in the night hey. already. He would have spent an hour and a half walking to the ring. Here's your WrestleMania numbers. WrestleMania 33 was the first match that The Undertaker had in an open arena that he came down at nighttime. Right. It was nighttime <laughs> for a long time before he came, before their match even started. Oh, I'm choking on my own rage here. I apologize. So so let me know your, your take on it because I might have a very different take than both of y'all. I liked the match. I did. I... I like Reigns looked good. Reigns looked really good. Um, he made the Undertaker look good. Yeah, the Undertaker looked weak, but in order to beat him, he had to supercharge that spear. 
That's that's pretty cool. We've never seen Reigns have to do that before. Maybe once to knock Braun Strowman on his ass. But uh no, I liked it. Um it it did make The Undertaker look weak, but watching any WrestleMania in years past, I think this is one of Taker's better matches. There was some botches. There was some times where he tried to pick Reigns up and, and it didn't work. But they they powered through it, I guess. And I don't know, just, just for the ending, for the retirement, for, for the way that he set up one last time and took the gloves off. Taking the gloves yeah. off, man, I, I almost started crying. Oh. Like, quite oh, literally. Yeah. That got me too. And that sold me hard. That sold New me fans so will hard. never know that feeling. New <laughs> fans will never know that feeling because I don't think they'll ever get that feeling in their lifetime. He literally took the gloves off. Yeah, he took those fucking gloves off, and when he fucking took that fucking the coat and everything and set it down, it was just like, oh my gosh, dude. Like, you felt your heart sink into your stomach, dude. You're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. What is going on yeah. here? Is everybody in the arena, everybody deep. at home should have been kneeling in prayer at that moment, I feel. Yeah, I rolled out my blanket. <laughs> but I was so, I... Uh, I gotta say, I, I actually feel the exact opposite of you, Strata, because you had mentioned uh, that they made Undertaker look weak, but he looked strong, and I, I almost feel the opposite. Um, I think that, uh, I think they made the Undertaker look really strong. I think they made him look stronger than they, sh- not that they should have, than he definitely was. Um, he, he took so much punishment through the whole thing. Undertaker looked so tired. He looked so wore out. He was working slow, uh, from the very beginning uh, and through the whole match, he was just tired and working slow. And part of this, uh, well, a a lot of it is on the Undertaker. I'm going to say a part of it's on Roman Reigns, not necessarily for anything he specifically did, but I like to think that a John Cena, an AJ Styles, could have slowed a Kevin down Owens, to even maybe a Randy Orton, yeah, could have worked with his um, disabilities. There, I say, um, that's the wrong term. Uh, uh, I don't know what I want to say. Senior not citizenship, the, the word. But they could have worked with what was holding him back and kind of disguised it. A good wrestler, a good wrestler hides what their opponent is weaknesses and accentuates their positives. And Roman did what he could, I think, for for the most part. He did what he could. He's Roman Reigns. He's still pretty green. He's not. I mean, you look at Undertaker. You look at Roman Reigns. There's generations in between. Multiple generations in between. He wasn't just a half step behind. He was about two step behind, I think, Undertaker was. At one point, he did a last ride. And I just... Uh, I, I Even when I rewatched this, I couldn't rewatch it as Undertaker's last match. He went for a last ride. Roman Reigns was already on the turnbuckle, giving him the one, two, three, four. <clears throat> and Undertaker picked him up for a last ride. And all he basically did was step forward and drop him. Yeah, yeah. It was one of the most pathetic power bombs I've ever seen, and, and I've it was seen because there was no way bombs. Undertaker was going to pick Roman Reigns up into a last ride the way he no. used. No, 
No way. No, it was, it was. No it was amount of Roman Reigns jumping with sad. it would have helped him. Um, I will say when Undertaker hit his tombstone on Roman Reigns, it looked like a classic Undertaker tombstone. Like, may, like I think he could do this in his sleep. Like, many years ago, if you fans remember or even know who Vern Gagne was, the owner, the creator of the AWA, a, a Minnesota legend, the guy who trained all of the people you love, including your Ric Flairs, including your Sergeant Slaughters, including your Hulk Hogan's, including your Nick Bockwinkles, your Scott Halls, Mr. Perfect, Rick Roots. I could go on forever, so I'm not going to. But anyways, uh, he was in a retirement home. This guy had been wrestling his whole life. He was in a retirement home. He had dementia. One day, he ends up fucking body slamming a random old folk at the nursing home. Killed him. <laughs> had to go to trial. They, t they said he was incompetent. He couldn't stand trial. They let him go to his daughter's house. He lived there until he died and shit. But, like, Undertaker, like, I could see Undertaker in an old folks' home, incompetent, not knowing what the fuck's going on, drooling, and just picking some dude up and tombstoning him perfectly. <laughs> because this tombstone was beautiful. And everything else he did, even him walking in the ring, looked pathetic. And I hate to say it because I love him. But, uh, but this tombstone looked beautiful. So I got to say, Undertaker could tombstone anybody. He fucked up a beautiful move what what i assume was going to be a beautiful move um he went for uh god did he go for a last ride he went for something and i'm uh, i think he went for a last ride uh roman reigns countered it and he was going to do a tombstone pile driver onto the undertaker and the undertaker could not jump up enough to help roman get him up and he basically sandbagged him on accident i'm gonna assume it was on accident it could have been on purpose to be an ass but Undertaker's the consummate professional if you listen right, to yeah. any interviews. I don't think he would do so that. So he didn't do that on purpose. Yeah. No. So he ended up sandbagging Roman by accident. That was sad. You know, he, he, the the point where Strata said where he tried to get up, he reminded me the face that he made. And he's not good at doing this. Uh, Pacey, you and I were talking a couple weeks back when he had choke slammed Braun Strowman, and then he was looking outside the ring. The oh shit face. <clears throat> yeah, but you couldn't really tell it was an oh shit face. It almost looked like he was hurt. Yeah. This was another one where as soon as he sat up and then fell down, the image in my mind was of a baby shitting really hard. <laughs> <laughs> and that was just even worse. <laughs> so I was like, that was sad to me. I, I didn't, God, I didn't really like this match. The ending was beautiful, uh, the ceremony and all that. Um, I liked the fact that towards the end, Roman Reigns started acting heel. He was talking shit and even pushing uh, The Undertaker a little bit. Uh -huh. But they, they do a close-up on Roman Reigns a few times, and I honestly think, and watching this twice, I honestly think that Roman looks sad. Like, he's supposed to look mad and mean and like, hey, come on, it's my yard. He looks sad. And I think Roman was not happy having to be this guy. He's already got so much shit with the universe. Right, right. I think, I don't think any wrestler wants to be the guy to put down The Undertaker. Yeah, definitely And he, not. he, no, he looked like, I mean, he looked like, like somebody had killed his puppy. Mm -hmm. It was, it was really sad. I the finish that. to, um... This is something I don't think I've ever said before, 
The Undertaker fucked up this finish. And I don't know how many people caught it, but during the finish, and, and I didn't really notice it until my second watching. So I'll say I even missed it the first watching because I was so into the moment. I was I was in, in engaged in this match. Um, uh, uh, the ending happened when Roman Reigns, like you said, Pasty, did a double momentum spear. He hit the ropes on one side, then hit the ropes on the other side, and then speared him as if he was getting super momentum and had to, to get all the force he could to take this the, the dead man down. He started to do that. He hit the ropes the one time, and Undertaker actually kind of like stumbles in front of Roman, and Roman bumps into him and kind of gives him an awkward look and then gives him a, a fake punch, and then he goes the opposite ropes and does the uh, the double momentum spear, and it's like... Like I said, how often can you say Undertaker fucked up an ending? and right. the, Especially a WrestleMania ending. And he did it this time. I, I honestly think <clears throat> two, uh, three, four years ago, Undertaker should have had his last WrestleMania match. This was a sad note for him to go out on. I do think he's going to be remembered more for the ending, for him taking the gloves off, taking the jacket off, oh, yeah. taking the hat off. Burning the entrance ramp down. <laughs> uh, then the match itself. So I, I like that. But when you go out and you buy that Undertaker DVD coming up, when you go out and buy the WrestleMania Streak DVD that you know they're going to put out, the last match you're going to see is this match, and it's going to fucking be sad. That's, yeah. that's my opinion. Um, you all You all can disagree, and you all might be right. Maybe I just didn't want to see the end of an era, and so I'm putting a a, a shitty uh, filter over it. Maybe Instagram is giving me the shit filter, and I'm using it. <clears throat> I don't know. I'm, I'm just being honest. That's what I've seen. I will say one thing, and I think Roman Reigns is more over in my book now than he ever has been. It was a good oh, match yeah. on his part. It was a good match on his part, and I guess... Undertaker's um, Undertaker's downfall has kind of worked out in Roman's um, in his benefit, you know. Oh, definitely. It would have been better yep. if Roman could have carried Taker like a lot of the veterans could have. But um, no, I I don't hate Roman anymore. I actually was kind of surprised to hear he got the fuck you Roman chance on Raw. I watched on Hulu, <laughs> so I didn't get to see it. But uh, yeah, I mean, and, and the way he takes the hate now is perfect. It's his yard. He doesn't care anymore. And he does. He gets the biggest crowd reactions out of anybody. Whether it's they may be turning him heel yet. Maybe. <coughs> it's, it's they need a, to. It's a good look on him though. And I mean It works. It does. I think I think Taker this didn't is even my want to yard. do I don't think Taker wanted to do Mania this year, you know? I think he wasn't feeling it. And Vince is like, no, you have to retire at a WrestleMania. You have to. So we'll I'm pretty sure I said Reigns. on one of our past podcasts, when he was at uh, uh, Royal Rumble, he looked like shit. Well, you know yeah. what I mean? If I didn't say it on the podcast, I said it in private. Because he did. He looked like shit at, at Royal Rumble. At Vince, Triple H, Bruce Pritchard, any of the people backstage that make any call should have seen him at Royal Rumble and said... Either we wait and give him a whole nother fucking year to get his shit together, or we just fucking give him a send-off without a final match. Because this is not the way I fucking wanted to see him to leave. Right. 
hurts me. Do we think, like, do we know for sure that he's retired? Oh, yeah, he's retired. He took no. Well, I guess. What? Because I was, I was convinced. I was he hasn't officially convinced. said anything, yeah. right? He took was, all his gear off. He yeah. could come back as the fucking American badass because he didn't wear any of that gear. <laughs> He's got to take he that gear out, too. He could put fucking red, white, and blue bandana, wear fucking drive Triple H's trike with Stephanie on the back. That was the Undertaker that had the yard anyway. the American badass. That was What's the Undertaker that? that had the yard anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, fuck there. He could be bringing that gimmick back. Who knows? <laughs> it was just when we were watching SmackDown Live or whatever. They were talking about it. They had that big interlude, and so, I don't remember. I don't exactly remember, but it was almost like one of the announcers was saying, "Well, they presume that you know, presume that he uh, they showed all the different tweets or whatever of goodbye Taker, and they he said presumed retirement and a, a supposed retirement, and they like they kept like adding stuff in there. It just made me wonder okay. if, was, if they had something, if they were suggesting something. How about this? For anybody who's a fan of TNA, and most TNA fans even hated this gimmick, and I loved it. Let's go the Joseph Park route. Undertaker is gone, beaten by Roman Reigns, and out comes Mark Calloway. Mean Mark Calloway. <laughs> I love it. And he comes out in his jeans, and he comes out in a t-shirt and a bandana, and he's like, I haven't seen The Undertaker since WrestleMania. Has anybody seen The Undertaker? And we have a, a year of mean Mark Calloway fucking wrestling people in his jeans and T-shirt and bandana looking for The Undertaker. <laughs> Do the Joseph Park Abyss fucking gimmick. I'm the only person that likes that gimmick, and I liked it by gum. I'll stand by it. I don't care. <laughs> that would be, be horrible for Undertaker. I am going to say that, but yeah. <laughs> at least yeah. I'm thinking of something. You'd have to have your ankle strata. I don't know. Huh? I just feel like, uh, you know, he. It's not official till Taker says it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, he looked pretty, pretty fucking rough out there when he was like, "I agree with you on that." He looked really fucking rough. I would be really sad if if he wasn't retired. I would not want to see him in the ring again. If he comes back, it would look really bad on him. Like, maybe he could fight Ric Flair. Unless he can take match. a whole year or year and a half off and get into shape and shit and, and, and work out whatever problems he has, he has and, and come out on a better every note. Year. Every year yes. he has that year. <laughs> yeah, kind of, you're right. But, you know, they bring him back early and make him. Yeah, yeah he okay. should have been yeah, in Yeah, he's been back since, yeah, Wrestle- he's he's been back since the Royal Rumble. Right, yeah. He's been there yeah, three yeah, times no since reason. the Royal Rumble. That doesn't Correct. mean you're not working out anymore. You know what I mean? Correct. He, he should have, yeah. He his body doesn't have it in him to continue anymore. And, and that's not his fault. That, that's that's our fault for wanting so much from him right. that he hasn't stopped yet. Yeah, yeah, right. that's not his fault at all. I don't fault him for it. And you're correct. You're correct. And I don't, I hate to say this and sound like I'm, I'm taker shaming because I'm not. The man has given me my childhood, my teenagehood, and my adulthood. Nobody else has done that. My fucking parents haven't done as much for me as the fucking Undertaker has. Simpsons uh, are pretty so, close. Uh, oh, yeah. The, yeah, I'll <laughs> the give Simpsons you that. are the as Simpsons. old as I am. I mean, Homer Simpson and Undertaker, they've done more for me than anyone else in this <laughs> universe. So, <laughs> unless 
There you go. Undertaker's retirement match against Homer Simpson on an episode of The Simpsons. Animated. He can do whatever the fuck he wants to. WWE is into this whole animation shit. Let that be his retirement match. Undertaker, yeah. That's one of the fuck jobs yeah. Homer Simpson hasn't had as wrestler. <laughs> I don't think he's the pro wrestler yet. Let him have that. That would be epic. Let's do it. Oh, my God. Somebody hit Matt Groening now. I'm emailing him right now. Come on, let's do this. If Rick Rick Sanchez can get the fucking Mulan Szechuan chicken back, we can get Homer Simpson versus Undertaker. (laughs) (laughs) Um... So, where do we stand on this WrestleMania? I'm I'm going to go out and say best in in a decade at oh, least. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was brilliant. It was it was great. Uh I was very happy with the outcome of everything. Adam, what's your outsider's position? Um overall, I thought it was good. It was entertaining. I wanted to keep watching it. Um I mean, obviously there were some parts, you know, there's some disappointing parts and there were some parts that excelled for me, but Overall, it was it was entertainment, and that's exactly what it strives to be. Let hey. me ask you the only question that actually matters to WWE right now, and and this is true. I'm not even bullshitting or anything. So Josh and I are going to keep the network no matter what. We're going to fucking keep it just to watch the old shit or to watch fucking uh, Legends or to watch the drive-through and fucking whatever else we fucking got. Drive-thru. So right <clears throat> you strata. Watching this, yes, the ride along. I like drive through better though. It makes me think of the guys just going to White Castle and ordering shit. That's table for three and and ride along all together in one show. Fuck yeah! <laughs> okay, so start up. You watching this right now? Let's say you're not embarking on a life changing, year long, of uh, fucking extravaganza with your family. Let's say you're planning on staying at home. Would this pay per view alone? make you want to continue to watch WWE and maybe pay $10 a month to watch all of their pay-per-views going forward? Uh, There's no right or wrong answer. Probably, if I had to go between uh, like a scale of 1 to 10, I'd probably go with probably like 5. See, but the thing is, it's fucking thick. The thing like, is, is like, he wouldn't have to pay the money for the network yeah, because guess, I'm living here okay, now. To put it more in perspective, it was like, yes, it was entertaining, but it's like I pay $10 a month for my Netflix and my Amazon Prime, and both of those have multi-genres of stuff. It's like for wrestling, it's like I can watch most of wrestling on Hulu. Okay, yep. So that, that's like, a very valid point right there. And you know, for the pay-per-views, I understand the pay-per-views, but most of the time, if I'm going to do a pay-per-view, I'm going to be getting together with a group, which oh, yeah. is most Social likely going to include uh, bitch tits here. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I mean, so, how, so how about I rephrase the question, okay? So you, you haven't been watching wrestling regularly anyways, correct? Right. So you already have Hulu. Does watching this WrestleMania make you want to watch Raw and SmackDown going forward on Hulu? It'll make me want to watch it more than I do now. Go ahead and bust me out. Tell them how much more of Raw and SmackDown you watched than I did. Yeah, actually, the, <laughs> the other uh, last night it was on Hulu, and we were sitting there watching. All of a sudden, I hear like weird breathing rhythms in the background. 
Look over. <laughs> Kirsten's passed out. And Pasty's passed out his chair. It took me a while. I couldn't. Fully... I was still conscious enough I, to hold a good conversation. Yeah, I wasn't sure <laughs> if he was fully passed out because it was dark in the corner where he was sitting. But I kept looking right. over, and he was like making doing this. <sighs> <laughs> like, well, I was like, I'm just curious because there. I mean, I mean, the sole purpose of WrestleMania for WWE should be to get people invested the whole year round. So you're the perfect example to me as to somebody who's an outsider who watched it. And I'm, I, I'm honestly just curious to see if, if that's yeah. what, what would make you want to do it. Basically, do you think going forward, probably it probably wouldn't make you watch it a whole lot more than you already did, you don't think? No. It, let's I say Josh wasn't there. Like, just you. Like, this is just just you, yourself. You and Megan and Autumn are at home by yourself, not on your great adventure. Josh isn't there to bother you with his breathing. You watch this. <laughs> this is Bubba's perfect world, actually. This going, is yeah, Bubba's yeah. greatest <laughs> fantasy. Is Josh is still I in Redwood Falls. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to say my perfect world was sitting there with, with Megan and Autumn, but okay. <laughs> no, because um, no, I, I, this, this should be what WWE's objective is, is to get the normal person to want to continue on to their product that doesn't at this point. So do you, let, let's just say you get only a yes or no answer. Um, going forward, are you going to watch more wrestling than you did in the past after watching this pay-per-view without any other outside influences, including Josh, including me, including anything else? <coughs> more than I do now? Correct, yeah. I would say yes, then. Okay. There uh, you go. But not significantly more. <laughs> no. That's a good answer. You wouldn't right. be willing to put the $10 a month down, right? Right. But you'd be willing to check it out every now and then on your Hulu since you already have it. Yeah, to kind of just catch up on the characters because some of the characters like uh, the, the Bray Wyatt. Is oh, yeah. Name? He, he intrigues me. I mean, the whole Lantern yeah. thing is, uh, you know, kind of dry ice kind of thing going on there. Oh yeah, when he blew out when he blew out an LED lantern for the first time, it blew my mind too. I didn't know you could blow out LED yeah, lanterns. He used to have a lantern <laughs> and the light was above. It was on top. And it wasn't below. And it looked really ridiculous. At least now he has a, a better lantern. Yeah, lantern. No, like, this oh. is great though. That's that's why I'm glad you're here because because we I mean Josh and I, we were just diehards. We're gonna be diehards and you know that. And I, I love getting the perspective from someone else. I want to hear. I, I want to hear because I don't know. I don't know. You know, I don't live in the world where I'm not obsessed with wrestling. I don't. I don't live in the world where you go home and keep pants on. I don't. These are things yeah. I don't live in. That's These the are worlds world I, haven't, I, I haven't ventured. <laughs> I do so, I like to do the no pants dance. That's awesome. That's that's good. That's good. I love this. Um, yeah, so, I, so what's what? What's going on after this now, uh, Pasty? You you are our ring master of the evening. Oh boy, we've Man. we've topped our two hour mark. We have, and we got through WrestleMania. We we got through <laughs> WrestleMania. We didn't get That's through the rest we of the week. Through. We didn't we got get through, through the WrestleMania. Rest of the week. <laughs> no, I'm assuming next week we'll just quickly kind of run through the highs and lows. And I tried to touch on as much of Raw and SmackDown that tied into WrestleMania as I could as we talked about the WrestleMania matches, just for the sake let's of just, time. If we have a few if we have a few moments, let's just go over the people that returned at Raw and SmackDown 
and give a, a short little opinion on it and maybe pick what our biggest return was. Okay. And I'll, and I'll go Returns down the list first. This is a lot of fun. I'll go, yeah. So um, on Raw, we ended up seeing the Hardys return for the first time in years on Raw. Fucking amazing. We had Kurt Angle return for the first time in years, and he was announced as the new general manager. Man. Um, so Stephanie's out on injury. There isn't the commissioner, so he's kind of the head bitch in charge right now. Kurt Angle. Um, the Revival got called up. Um, awesome. Some very, people say very the greatest exact. tag team in WWE right now. Definitely an old school flavor to them. I can't wait Former to see NXT them versus the Hardys. Jumps. Them and the Hardys is going to be excellent. And that's two, that's two brand new teams. That's telling you they're making moves that are getting people interested. Oh, yeah. That's good on WWE's part. Uh, we also had Emma returned. Yes. Emmalina doesn't exist anymore. Emma returned. Uh, Finn Balor made his return. Uh, Chris Jericho got beat up earlier in the night. He was supposed to team with Seth Rollins against Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens. And with Chris Jericho out, uh, Kurt Angle called in Finn Balor. That was on Raw. Uh, what was your what was your favorite return on Raw and why? Go ahead, Josh. Uh, oh, pasty. Man. I my my favorite I think was seeing um seeing the revival come back or get get their call up. It was, I knew it was only a matter of time. I kind of had pegged them more for SmackDown than Raw, but Raw will be a good home to them. And who knows? They could get traded yet. Um. I would say you know, the Hardys, but the Hardys debuted at WrestleMania, so they're, that kind of null and voids. I mean, it's a debut okay. on Raw, but fuck, <laughs> yeah, not good debut it's on Raw. Main roster I don't make it nothing new. <laughs> I was gonna say uh, we we had text about this earlier about bringing uh, uh who who was gonna be our favorite call up, and you had said the Hardys, so I was surprised you didn't pick the Hardys. But you made, yeah, you made I didn't point. realize the context in which you were issuing the statement. That's, that's fine. That's fine. Strata, did you watch Raw and SmackDown? I did. Were you happy to see any new faces on Raw? The Hardys, Kurt Angle. I'm assuming you don't know Revival. I'm assuming you don't know Emma, and I'm assuming you don't know Finn Balor. Um, I haven't seen the Finn Balor. The two of the two guys the with the chops. The Revival. I saw them on. They're on uh, NXT. We watched NXT. They did uh, takeover. In the takeover, and I watched them do some wrestling, and it, they're pretty. Is this amazing racing right now, where you're just feeding him his lines. Come on, pasty. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're. I mean, they seem like cocky little fuckheads, but it's you know the the chops go with it, so it is it is what it is. Um, they're cocky, yeah, yeah. but it's it's definitely well deserved on their part. Yeah. Um. Trying to think what else is on Raw. Finn Balor. Like I said, you got you got Finn Hardys, Balor. you got Kurt Angle. Yeah, Finn Balor. You know, he was my first time seeing him, but he seems very um, over the top almost sometimes with that with, with his stance with the, with all the lights and stuff, and he stops and he's like puts his hands up. And Just everything. wait till you see him come down in war paint yeah. for for the big four. Yeah, you you years. don't you don't know Finn Balor yet. He's not he even over like the top. Trust me. Doubt. Painted Trust up like, uh, like Carnage. You don't even know Finn Balor it's yet. <laughs> There's two parts to that, man. Maybe you've only seen the one um, part. So, I, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go with on my Monday Night Raw. I think I was most excited to see Finn Balor return. But I think the most pleased and pleasant surprise I had was Emma. 
I thought her outfit looked awesome. It actually was reminiscent of Miz and Maurice from the pay-per-view, maybe. I like how she got um, up she on the announcer came table. Out, right? And the announcers were paying attention. <laughs> she kind of had that dystopian future kind of look about her. She had the, the shoulder pads with the... Uh, the Sydney Opera House almost looked to him, yep. if anybody knows what I'm talking about. Yep. But um, I thought she was badass. Um, I believe it was just her last podcast, if not the podcast before. I was talking about how I loved the bubbly, goofy, ditzy Emma. This was not her at all, and she owned it completely. Did you and never she see was her complete on NXT? Heel. Well, that's how she was on NXT. You're talking about when she was on the main roster when she was off heel. Yeah, well, no, when she was back on NXT as a heel, teaming with Dana Dana Brooke. Well, yeah, yeah. It before she same, got injured, it was for the shortly. same. It was yeah, the same outfit, was, the same attitude. She, um, I love this. She's owning it. She and I loved her then with Dana Brooke. I was really disappointed when she got they got called up at the same time, and then Emma got injured right away, and Dana Brooke got sidelined with Charlotte, and it. Uh, some would say that maybe is why Dana Brooke isn't as big as she is because she was overshadowed by Charlotte instead of being teamed with uh, Emma. And that, that, I mean, we could go on for, for minutes and minutes about that also. I, I love this Emma. I love the heel Emma. I, I still love the bubbly ditzy Emma. I was so happy to see Emma back. We had just talked about her. We have talked about how there were talks that maybe she wasn't going to come back and she was leaving and, uh, out of all the amazing wrestlers, and as much as I'm into wrestling, scientific wrestling, story, I, Emma, Emma took it for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Emma took it for it me. Was I was happy surprise. to see her there. It was definitely a Then we had SmackDown. SmackDown didn't have near as many surprises, but it also doesn't have near as long of a show to do. Uh, Eric Rowan returned to help out Bray Wyatt against Randy Orton yeah, and Luke Harper because yeah. there's no reason Luke Harper is with Randy Orton because they were just feuding a week ago and they hated each other and for no reason now they love each other. So whatever. Eric Rowan came back. He's got another new mask now. Um, it's kind of a steampunk yeah. Uh, lamb. Yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. I liked it. For, for a half second when I didn't see the beard, I thought maybe there was a new member and then I seen the beard, and I knew it was Eric Rowan right away. And I, I had talked to you privately, Pasty, and I had said I really hope Eric Rowan is just quietly let go. Right, right, right. I stand behind that. I don't need him. Nope, Whatever. I think this is taking uh, away from Ray Wyatt. He's got, he's got somebody to fall behind yeah. again, and it's just going to be more of the same bullshit it always was. Yeah, he has a crutch, and he uses the crutch, and I don't like that. Uh, Ty Dillinger made his appearance. He got yes. called out, and ten, he had to, to the count of 10 to come out. And 10, he came out because he's the 10. And we had Nakamura come out with his very own violinist playing his signature song. Oh, what do we have here? Who is your pick for SmackDown return? Nakamura, man. Nakamura. That was a great entrance. I love that he interrupted Miz's whole spiel as John Cena. And and he just stood there and then left the ring at the very last second. There was no reason for him to even be there. But uh, the it, violin... is the it is the closest Nakamura will ever get to upstaging John Cena. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the sorry. solo violinist thing was so badass, though. Oh, and he was I loved on it. As soon as I heard, yeah, as soon as I heard a violin at all, I was like, Nakamura! Nakamura! I was worried, 
I was worried it was going to be like TakeOver, where they had the couple of violinists play the intro, and then they like pretended to play the theme song. But he right, actually right, played right. through the whole song, and, and that it was, awesome. it, it was powerful. That, that should have awesome. happened was, at WrestleMania. Why couldn't they have taken... Cancel the fucking SmackDown women's match and let Nakamura have that entrance at WrestleMania. Everybody's happy. Yeah, they think about this. You don't even have to fucking wrestle. Just give him that entrance. (laughs) Right. Just let him walk down to that shit and then leave. (laughs) Um, As you and I were saying earlier, let's let's let him keep this violinist. Let's let him have this violinist on the main roster every time he comes out. Live violining. Violining? Is that what it's called? Violining. 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 I like violining. I'm going to go with violin. Violence. Uh, Strata, do you even give a shit about any of those three people? Um, well, <laughs> I don't really know much about it. Uh, I was entertained when uh, The Miz and whoever the... Maurice. The lady was, yeah, Maurice came out looking like John Cena. That was pretty entertaining. And they're all like, yo, we, uh, we're going to Hollywood. And then she's like, oh, my God, I'm going to be so sad. It was, it was entertaining. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the, the violin, when they came in, he looked badass wearing the sneakers and the white suit coming in, playing yep. it and everything. But uh, I got to say that that entrance, though, it was – very nice was quite long. It was just like he went on for a while. Though he was entertaining, I I enjoy I enjoyed enjoyed the violin and I enjoyed watching him come on. But for a while there, I wasn't. It was I think it was because Miz and that lady were in the stage that I was like waiting for something to happen. Right? Like what is? Why is he interrupting them? What's happening? And all of a sudden they get out off out of the string and just walk away. And he just keeps doing his thing. And I was like, so he just in, took over the ring and you guys are just going to well, leave? To be okay. fair, Strata, it, this isn't an outsider's perspective. None of us understand why the fuck they had Nakamura come out to just fucking hang out in the ring and then leave. That was stupid. The entrance was awesome. Him being on the main roster is awesome. But, yeah, none of us know what the fuck that was about either. Well, he I'm, still I'm hasn't learned enough English words. He still hasn't learned enough English words to be in the ring with the Miz yet. Um, no, he, he doesn't have a, 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 a great comprehension of the English language. He, he does good enough to get his point across. He doesn't do um, SmackDown slash Monday Night Raw good enough. But nonetheless... Something could have happened. Right. Something. Something. Yeah, I, I agree. I gotta say my my pick, Nakamura, coming coming in. I wanna give it to Ty Dillinger. I want to. Hey, you know what? You know what? I, I'm changing. Ty Dillinger <laughs> fucking did something. He beat the fuck out of Curtis Hawkins, which I can't stand. He had a point. He came out on his number ten. I'm gonna give it to Ty Dillinger. I'm not gonna give it to Nakamura. He had an amazing entrance. I'm so happy he's back, but he fucking sat in the ring and did fucking nothing, and that killed it for me. So, yeah, I'm going with Ty Dillinger. Ty Dillinger's my pick for SmackDown uh, return slash uh, premiere. Right there. Fair enough. And then it's not a landslide for Nakamura. Yeah, and I gotta say that the the whole Wyatt Wyatt family thing was really 
really confusing for me at first. Pacey, you know, I had to have Pacey kind of explain it to me. Because it was just like, this: the guy who came out to help Randy Orton was part of the family, but got kicked out because he said that Randy Orton was going to do this, and now he's helping Randy Orton. And then this other dude's in the mask with, you know, yeah. the lamb thing, and I was like, what's going well, on? Well, literally that- last... Yeah, literally last week, Luke Harper was feuding with Randy Orton. So again, that's not even an outsider's perspective on your part, Strata. We don't know why the fuck Luke Harper was helping Randy Orton, because he was just feuding with him a week before, and now he's helping him out for no fucking reason. Yeah, um, I, I, I gotta about, say, this is... I kept hearing about this, uh, you know, this House of Horrors match. He came up on the screen talking Welcome about... to the House of Horrors, horrors, horrors. Yeah, but they... I have to do that every like, time, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay, I thought they were gonna show it that day, and then all of a sudden, like... Everybody shows up and it's a tag team match. And I was like, if this guy hates Randy Orton, why is it a tag team match? Why is he tag teaming with him? It doesn't make any sense. Maybe it was a Hulu thing because I I watched uh, SmackDown on Hulu also. But I when I when they first announced the House of Horrors thing, I I couldn't figure out if it was for tonight or for a pay per view. And I went away with it thinking it was for tonight. And then they had a regular tag match at the end of the night. Yeah. So it might have just been Hulu cutting us out of something important. Um, I got to go they back really and watch the, the full version. But it was like, I fucking, yeah, they, they really fucked that up too by explaining. They didn't say House of Horrors at the next pay-per-view. They said, I'm challenging you to a House of Horrors. I accept. And then the announcers are like, tonight there's going to be. And I was like, well, fuck. Right. Yeah, 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 I was just as confused as you, man. I was yeah, fucked a little up. Disappointed. I, I gotta to say, fucking House of Horrors. Yeah. I gotta say, another tag team main event is pretty horrifying. So if that was the House of Horrors match, <laughs> come on, player, I'm gonna put you in a tag team against the Undertaker, player. <laughs> I loved. I love when Teddy Long came out when Vince was announcing the new general manager for SmackDown too. That was awesome. But. but. And, and I might be the only person who thinks about this and remembers this. Did they not just do this with the last announcing yeah. of general managers with our truth coming out and not knowing, thinking he was the one and shit like that? And it's like, is it still a whole WWE thing where, like, any black guy can do the same fucking gimmick and joke? <laughs> so our truth fucking came out and did it last time. Now it's Teddy Long. So next time they're going to have fucking Xavier Woods come out and do it or something. It's like, come on, come up with something original. But it did kind of fall into the whole category with, you know, this guy was just recently inducted in the Hall of Fame. And I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one who thinks that, but I I thought it was kind of whatever. No, I think I think we're gonna come into some good stuff. I'm hoping I'm hoping Payback is gonna come equipped with a House of Horrors match. I'm excited to see what that is. Maybe it'll be some campy. Wouldn't that be awesome so if the, they started doing more so broken hearty campy Smackdown shit? One, huh? Yeah, that's yeah. SmackDown. Good, yeah. good, good. No, I'd love to see a broke. I'd love to see. I'd love this. You know what? Why? And maybe they do. I don't know. Why can't they hire uh, Matt Hardy? As part of their creative. He's got a fucking brilliant mind. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe it'll happen after this run. Like I said, I don't see the Hardys signing to WWE to leave again. 
what did you say? I, I say I don't see them being competitors in the ring for more than a year at tops. Yeah, I now just... I still see them doing backstage shit. Have Matt go in as creative? Had Jeff work in NXT training people? F- fucking, they're both using their talents to the fullest. Matt's got the mind. Jeff has the body. Fucking, there you go. Why not? I don't with know. your 205 Live, with your fucking UK tournament, with just people being smaller and being more in-ring savvy, I think both Matt as creative and Jeff as in-ring could really help all, oh, yeah. all the way around. Oh, yeah, I, th- I think. Sure. I think. I don't know. It's a different world. It's a different world now. It's a different WWE. It's a WWE I like a hell of a lot more. And and, and, and they've, they've worked hard. To make me not turn the E into a curse word. Because even maybe two years ago, the E was still a curse word to me. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to be that jaded fan that said everything in the indies is always better than anything on WWE. I'll admit that. I'll admit it to all of you. Because there's a lot of you fucking E fans that won't admit that a lot of shit on the indies is fucking better. So I'll be the bigger person, and I'll fucking say I was that indie fucking smart fan who didn't want to like the shit that the E was putting out. But the Daniel Bryans, the CM Punks, the Seth Rollins, the Samoa Joes, the Kevin Owens, all even, even the fucking what John Cena has put himself through and the Miz have put himself through has changed my opinion on that shit completely. And now I just want, like I said in our last podcast, I want it to be in a world where the E fans and the Smart fans are the exact same fucking fans, and we all love each other, and we all talk about the same shit, and we all debate, and we have different opinions, and we agree on shit, and it just brings us together. Why can't fucking pro wrestling just bring us all together like it's supposed to? Because if they did, there would be no reason for the Beef Sticks podcast. Oh, fuck. Y'all should just fucking hate each other. <laughs> I take that back. You know what? I don't give a shit. If, 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 every, if every wrestling fan fucking loved each other and that kicked us off the fucking air, I'd still love it. Because you know why? I'd be talking to every single person off of my fucking block, down my street, at my work, about what's going on in wrestling, and I would enjoy myself immensely 100% of the fucking day instead of just this portion of the day that I get to spend with you, the passionate and the faithful Beef Stick listeners. So, you know what? I'm okay with that. If y'all put me out of a job by growing and taking over this world, then I have helped plant the seed to an amazing fungus that has run amok among us. And I stole that just from Super Mario, Mario Brothers, oh, motherfuckers. Man. Oh man! Oh. And that's how we're gonna end off this episode of Beast Sticks Podcast, ladies and gentlemen, with a quote from the worst movie possibly ever made. I drink to that. I think I have to drink to that, man. You're gonna push me into alcoholism here. Damn right. That's my goal. I ain't got oh, nothing to drink. <laughs> I ain't got nothing to drink. This is an issue. I said already fucking swimming in alcoholism. <laughs> Fuck you, push you into it. <laughs> oh man! So uh, our first live show. I think uh, this ran really smooth. Almost as smooth as this uh, almond whiskey. Hey man, almost as smooth as this Leinenkugel's canoe paddler. 
a Kolsch style beer, 5% alcohol. It's got a little bit of a bite to it. Six generations of family brewing from the pride of Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. That's how smooth that this today? shit is. Yes, sir, I did. <laughs> I want people you're, to buy it, man. You're really hoping they sponsor us, aren't you? <laughs> you know what? Like I said before, there's not a lot of fucking outlets for us natives to have. So fucking alcoholism is one. Wine and kugels. Be a drunk native. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I'm kind of kidding. I'm kind of not. <laughs> well, ladies I and gentlemen. I joke. <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, let me remind you that starting this week, we are recording Beef Sticks Podcast live. We will and always will have a call-in line open for you to input your two cents if you just... Click on any of our links. We are always broadcasting it. It's always in the comments. Um, we want to get you guys interacting with us more on that level. I, I think it would bring a lot of depth to the show and just just us and you as a as a symbiotic being. We want to hear from you. We wanna we want to make this show about you. Right now, it's about us, and we love it all about us. But I'm all about us each and every day, my whole day. I can give up my Thursday 8 to midnight to you. Because you know what? If you call in, if you text, if you write in the comments and you keep talking, I'll go on till midnight if you want it, if you're interacting, if you keep talking to us, we'll give it to you. That's what we want to do. We want to be here for you. Yeah. So if you just want to hear us on the air longer and get more intoxicated, just interact with us some more. We'll have no reason. And to if go. you'd like me to come to your child's birthday party, uh, my hashtag is no pants dance slash clownzo. Um, and I will come to your child's birthday party. I do come nude. I do have, I will say I do have a red nose on the tip of, well, let's just, but so you can start booking me at any time. Put it in the comments below. I'll be there. I only do children's parties, not adults. I'm sorry. Um, he only yeah. accepts $20, not a penny more. Not a penny less, not a penny more. $20. Put it in. I'll take it out. <laughs> Don't leave $20 on your on your countertop, or he will show up naked with the clown nose on his dingling for the $20. <laughs> and he won't leave until you give him the $20. <laughs> Just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drink all your liquor in your cabinet until I've drank twenty dollars worth of liquor. He's gonna meet you at the ATM. Like you're gonna pull out a twenty, aren't you? Well, watch what I'm gonna pull out. <laughs> uh, folks, we have so much fun with you. We enjoy every second we have with you. And if we could do this for hours and days and weeks and months and years. We hope to have you by our side every moment. We are your beef sticks. We are here for your listening pleasure. Every pro wrestling fan is our target. We want everyone to enjoy everything they've ever experienced through pro wrestling, and we want to be a part of it. With that being said, I guess it is uh, time to say adios, and we will see you guys next week. Uh, same bat time, same bat channel, maybe even same a few beef more hours. Same B 
beef channel. Okay. Okay. Snap into a beef stick, slip into a drink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've been Pasty White. I'm Fat Mac. And I'm Strategy. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you later. If I can find the stop button, why isn't my mouse working? Bonus material! Bonus material! Gotta give him that boner material.